Rev. Responses Engine 5, Engine 3, Engine 1, Ladder 3, Ladder 2, Rescue 1. We've got smoke showing. Division 1, you're on location, Block 23, reporting smoke showing 727. Welcome to Job Talks Podcast. Our goal is to facilitate knowledge sharing. The views and opinions of the hosts and guests on the show belong solely to the people expressing them. We do not represent the departments, cities, or towns we work for. All right, guys. So we're going to get going. So welcome, everybody. Welcome back to uh, Job Talks. Uh, we have um, we have uh, two really special guests today. Our guests are always really great, but uh, we got two chiefs on today. One former chief of Soden Fire. This is Chief Ed Carroll. And, uh, and we have our current chief, Mike Carroll. Um, this is a special day for us. Uh, the boys couldn't make it here today, so it's a little bit different with some schedule and conf- conflicts. But um, this is a good day for, for job talks, for all you listeners, and for um, especially for Stoughton. We get to kind of talk about some things uh, that are near and dear to our heart. Um, the subject today, and, uh, and Mike approached me a few months back, and he said, hey, I have a really good idea that I want to run by you for your show. Um, and when he presented to me, it was like an immediate yes, something that we definitely need to talk about. It is a tough subject sometimes, but these are the things uh, in the fire service that um, as much as we hate to talk about them, um, they're, they're some of the most key and impactful uh, things that we learn from. So uh, we're going to talk about line of duty deaths and we're going to talk about impacts, um, immediate and uh, long term. So, um, with that said, um, uh, Chief Carroll, or Mike, I'm going to call you Mike, and I'm going to give Ed the honor of being chief today. Uh, so, you. Mike, if if you want to take a minute and um, just kind of introduce yourself sure. and kind of give the audience, um, you know, a pretty brief history about yourself, sure, how you started and how you landed where you are. Sure. So, um, as you said, uh, Mike Carroll, I've been on, uh, Stoughton for 28 years now. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's, what's interesting about this is the time, time just flies. I know that we, we say that all the time, but it really does. And, uh, looking back, I, I never would have thought 28 years ago, I'd even consider, especially after my father went through the chief's position, it's kind of a it's kind of a tough position to be in uh, as a whole, but in Stoughton it kind of has and will build into that as to why um, being the chief it takes on a different role, even though I would say if we're going to make change, and we, I was very involved with the union as far as vice president for a lot of years, I think that we needed to get someone in place or be that person in place maybe possibly that uh, if we're going to make change, we have to work together as a union, as the members, and the chief. And so, um, like I said, we'll get into that. 28 years on, when I first came on, um, I just got out of the, uh, I just got out of college, and I graduated college at Northeastern at 92. Um, and I, too, you know, I, I thought that I was, my goal was to initially, uh, was to work in the feds more in the, more in the, in the criminal justice field. And uh, 
back then, uh, you know, I'm trying to recall it, but I remember being, it was so competitive when I got out of school. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think when I took my first civil service exam, there were 30,000 throughout the state taking the exam. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was, I remember waiting in line around the corner. I yeah, think fast was, forward today and. Oh, now we got like 5,000 yeah. throughout the state. You know, yeah. it's, it's tough. Um, it's tough to hire now, but I was taking, I mean, my father w- was driving me up. I was taking the police civil service exams. I was taking exams for, I think we went up to, um, New Hampshire and I took a, a test for just a local department. And so, you know, that was my goal. But then when I got on the fire department, uh, loved it. I knew a lot of the members on there. So it was like, it had already been kind of my second family. Now my true second family and living there and so um you know the being a young guy i back in 92 94 i got on so it was a lot of you know it was actually kind of kind of crazy i didn't even realize how crazy it was because how many fires that were happening we were in brockton all the time mm-hmm. because that was kind of in the middle they had a huge layoff um you know years before that but they were still they they hadn't replaced or recovered from that so so they were running short oh yeah, yeah. Uh, they were running i mean i got a huge amount of experience over in brockton yeah but i had uh i went back and looked i had nine real structure fires before i even went to the academy wow and uh and one including you know the one on rose street 13 mm-hmm. rose street where victor um tragically uh lost his life but uh talk about not having any concept of being in you know, like you know, they call it the fog of war. I yeah, was right. beyond, I, I was not even, I wasn't, I wouldn't even say it's fog. I was just in, in a whirlwind of not knowing what to do. Yeah, right. I was just, I just remember my father saying, listen, just when you start, go in there, make sure you know every, what's in every cabinet, know your streets, slam cabinet door, slam cabinet, to the point where they asked me to come upstairs because I was slamming cabinets and, and, and <laughs> You know, they were sick of hammer. They, they, they the were, cabinet. they were the cabin door slam. <laughs> yeah, they're up, they're upstairs trying to watch. You know, trying to watch a ball game. And, you know, I'm slamming cabinets right below them. So, um, but you know, it, it's important that you know, you, you don't know like what do I do? Where do I start? Even growing up in the job, like like we were just talking, my grandfather was on mm-hmm. and my father was on same department, and still you want to make an impression, mm-hmm. even though these guys knew me. I, yeah. You still want to make a good name for yourself. And, and then there's a, a little bit of a, a legacy aspect of, like, I don't want to let my grandfather, I mean, my grandfather passed away, but, you know, the whole name of right. or my father down. And then I felt like some of these guys were my uncles, so right. I don't want to let them down, right? right? So I remember my first fire, as a matter of fact, I grabbed four inch. It was, um, I don't know what it's called now, but it was Puffin's Restaurant there. that burning up the back all the way. I took the four inch. I ran. Probably a quarter mile down. I had so much adrenaline. <laughs> like, I didn't even know anything but to make a hydrant. Yeah, right. So I was just running with four inch, and we used to use the hydrant assist all the time. And the hydrant assist. As a matter of fact, a couple of guys came out there like, who helped you make that hydrant? I was like, no one. I just took, they're like, all the way down there? I'm like, yeah, I, I didn't know what else to do. <laughs> <laughs> Pure adrenaline. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. So, so, so how many, so your hire date yep. um, counted the day that you actually started work and it didn't ca- it didn't count after you went to the academy no so my hiring date was uh september 4th of 94 okay got it yep got it so that's when you yeah mm-hmm. 
So how many years? How many years did you work as a private before uh, you got promoted? So I worked. I got on in '94. I was promoted in 2000 as a lieutenant. Okay. Yeah. All right. So um, and then so what? Nine. So 19. No, I'm sorry. You said 2000. So so 2000. So so like six years. years. Oh, no, no, okay, no, no, so no. You know, six years as a, as a firefighter, but so you, you worked as a lieutenant then? Oh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. That for, was it for 19? Pretty much, 19, pretty 19 much. Years? I mean, I, uh, 19, you know, 20. I did some acting positions and captain's position okay. and stuff. And, yep. Um, I was there for a couple of years mm-hmm. um, in training. Um, but, you know, it's interesting being, a, a, you know, Stoughton, the makeup of it. Like, So you're a senior lieutenant, and a lot of times you're in the car, mm-hmm. depending on who's your captain, right? Right. So... Um, I did, when I was doing my E&E for the deputies exam, I calculated like all the days. I did almost four years at total in the car. Wow. And that was just like mm-hmm. your 24s. Right. Right. So um, the amount of, and I felt pretty comfortable, you know, I, I actually didn't want to take the lieutenant's position mm-hmm. when I passed. I actually had a great group of senior men. Um, that I feel, well, they literally told me, like, Leo McGowan, Danny Bradley, Brad Wilba, like, when you start talking about these guys, they're like, yeah, they had this shit together. But yeah. they uh, they said, listen, Leo McGowan grabbed me one day, uh, and he was our senior guy, mm-hmm. and he was just a he was just a rock. But he would, uh, he grabbed me, he goes, you better take this position. I go, I, what, over you guys? Like, mm-hmm. you guys all, they all had 20-plus years on, mm-hmm. and, they, and they were hardcore. And mm-hmm. I was like, and they're like, we're not going to let you fail, but you need to take, you can't let this go by. Right. And so I felt comfortable after that of taking that. That's good. You know, and me and my father had had conversations mm-hmm. and, and Henry Chipman himself and like, yeah, they, because Stoughton isn't a huge department where these opportunities open up that much. Right. 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 So if you're not going to take that position, who is? Right. Right. Yeah. So, you know, that was a. Well, that's good because they, they raised you and then they saw you as probably the future of the department and then here we are yeah i i mean i like to think that i think that they saw a little bit of change starting to come Mm -hmm. with you know who are so after me you know we got one medic on so they saw even though some fought it they saw that was where the in in the medic wasn't from stoughton necessarily so i think they might have had a because it went from we were actually my father and i were talking about this one right up there were so many stoughton we were talking more about how families all got together, yeah. and, and he was asking, "Do they still do that?" Right. I said, "I think I feel like they're getting back to that, mm-hmm. but we used to have all Stoughton guys, or like Leon was from Brockton, mm-hmm. moved to Easton, so but he was still there. So everybody was you know? close. Yeah. Everybody was close. Yeah. So if you had something, everybody was right. there. It's a different dynamic now where we're hiring yeah. paramedics and and everybody can live, you know, in, in different areas because of that. So yeah. it 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 kind of it kind of cuts a, a, away a little bit at the closeness. I think guys still make a a good concerted effort to get to get around, but sometimes logistically it's just tough. Well, just I'll tell you, the neighborhood. I'll tell you, you guys do a much better job mm-hmm. now than than even I would say the past ten to fifteen years. Yeah. I think that um, you know we were at Laracy's wedding mm-hmm. there. I, I mm-hmm. saw like a good, solid core group of yeah. people, and, and they have it. And, and it's not that it's just that one place. Like I hear them going mm-hmm. out and doing things, which to me is great. Yeah. No, morale's good. Morale's in a good place right now. Yeah, that's great. So, Chief. We got yes. we got Mike's story. We have his coming up, but yours goes a little bit further back. So, kind of give us give us a brief background. How how did you make it into the fire service? Well, I got out of the service in 1970, and uh, what I always wanted to do. My father was a a Boston cop, 
he got injured in a line of duty, and uh, he had to retire because of that. So I wanted to be a cop. And my father-in-law says, listen, take the fire exam. You won't be sorry. So I did that, and luckily I got on. And uh, I knew, because of my father-in-law, I knew a lot of the guys there. Mm -hmm. So when I got on, uh, they put me on a shift, and the lieutenant told me, you stick with this guy, just stick with him. He's going to teach you everything you know. He wasn't a senior man. Mm -hmm. He was just somebody couple of years older than me and he was a good firefighter and i'm still hanging out with that guy <laughs> are you talking henry? about henry henry yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah yeah henry yeah he's still i'm still hanging out with him we're still uh a, a chipman who knows everything yeah yeah that runs the in the one family who taught him every, uh, the other one everything <laughs> and uh so i went on and uh back then it was me and uh henry were on and we you know, we're doing all the runs and everything, and I just, I really got into the job and just loved it. Right. And everything was circled around that job. My my wife was used to it because uh, her father was on. So if I had to leave in the middle of the night to mm -hmm. go to a fire or something like that, she understood it. Mm -hmm. And uh, as I went on, and then uh, Chipman passed the lieutenant's test. And I said, oh, we were serious when we were studying for that? <laughs> so the next one I took serious, and I got on the, the I was number one on the list. And then uh, it just uh, kept on going. And uh, I made, I was acting captain. And uh, then I moved up to, they made me a uh, deputy chief. And then chief. What year did you take over as chief? Oh, it was 1990, no, 1999, was it? Okay. Yeah, I, I think uh, it's right after Bill Stipp. Yeah, left. right after so Stipp. Right around that. Yep. No, it was, it was after that. It was like 2001, I think. And like Mike said, the whole thing was, you know, we were one big family. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm so happy to see that coming back now. Yeah. I mean, if you mentioned that, uh, oh, I'm going to, I don't know, put a new furnace in or something in the house, all the guys were there right. to help you or uh, do whatever, the electrical, and the, the whole thing was really, really nice. I'm glad to see you coming back to that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, nope. morale's good. Yeah. We have a lot of good guys. And uh, so one thing I want to mention is that, um, so so today we're definitely, we're going to get uh, kind of into pretty pretty well into everything that happened with Victor Melendi and every, the circumstances surrounding the, the Rose street rooming, uh, <clears throat> rooming house. Um, it, it's not a more appropriate place to have this conversation, you know, with, with Stoughton guys here and with Cambridge guys who are usually here. Um, Victor Melendi had a son, Chris Melendi, who actually got on the job after his father passed away and he started working in Cambridge recently retired uh, but he always he always comes around, swings by every now and again. Um, really good guy. But um, I don't know what a, what a way to bring it full circle between Stoughton and Cambridge, anyhow. But yeah. I just thought that was a, a you know a, a good yeah. coincidence. But um, real quick, I want to read um, this is this is the epilogue uh, from from the original study that was done uh, about Victor Melendi, and um, 
It's pretty important. I thought it was pretty fascinating, actually. But I'm, I'm going to read it, and it goes like this. It says, despite recent advancements in technology, firefighting will continue to be hazardous to personnel. If the Stoughton Fire Department is successful in implementing positive policy changes, as recommended, its personnel and those of all fire departments will still encounter common risks. However, we must not be satisfied with the status quo. The department's leadership should take strong position by recognizing the importance of these recommendations. The town of Stoughton should take a cooperative stance to ensure that appropriate changes are made in the memory of Victor Melendi to enhance the future safety of all personnel on the Stoughton Fire Department. So that's how we're going to start this off talking about um, talking about this whole thing. So what we really want to highlight in this throughout the conversation, what we want you to keep in mind is what we want to talk about is the effects of the department. Victor's passing was tragic. Uh, we're going to get into that, but we really want to talk about how this affected the department, what were the immediate changes, and what were the long-term changes. Now, I think one thing that we all know and we've all talked about is that oftentimes it takes um, a tragedy for change to happen. And so every time, and, and we were talking before, uh, we're just, we're, we're, we're adaptive. We, we, we always adapt to this job. Every day, every shift, something new comes up. Consumer products change. We have to figure out how to deal with it. We're just in this evolving world and and we're an all hazards department now we're not just a fire department right yeah. so we're, we're constantly changing and refiguring things so um ed i think i think it'd be appropriate if you want to kind of lead us into um kind of how the how the day started as far as um the rose street rooming house how did what what, what, what was your position that day where were you where were you working I was a lieutenant on the uh, ladder truck, and uh, the senior lieutenant was Lieutenant Chipman, was uh, the senior, uh, he was in charge of the ship that day, and he was on the engine company, and uh, and we got a call at the time for uh, smoking the rooming house on uh, Rose Street. So we pulled up, light smoke showing. I went in, uh, I, well, I won't get to that if you, yet. Yeah, go ahead. No, we, yeah, and I got in, and then uh, we did a quick search, and it just light smoke, and then all of a sudden, uh, remember I, Victor went to the left, I think, and I went to the right to make the search, and just a ball of fire. Yeah, and so uh, according to the report, uh, you were pushed down pretty heavy by the heat, but you were able to make an escape out of uh, out of one of the, the windows, rear, one of the windows onto the uh, the fire escape outside. Right, and then uh, the other guys were working the inside, mm -hmm. and then uh, I don't know you take it from there, Mike. Yeah. Well, so real quick, just. Um, the Rose, the Rose Street Manor, um, the Rooming House. It was, uh, it was a target hazard, and so, it is a target hat. Well, I should say it was because it's not there anymore. But at that time, um, I think guys knew that it was a bad building, but we weren't exactly identifying target hazards and stores. Right. Is that correct? No. So, yeah. so as a as a as an organization, guys were like, "That's a bad place." Everybody knew it. There was a lot of them around town. 
but um, you know we're we're going back to a time when the organization didn't have as as much in the way of pre-planning um, and, and and identifying these target hazards. So um, just so everybody knows that about this build, and I'll give you the I'll give you the um, the lay of the land here is we've got a rooming house that was originally it's a two and a half story with uh, three separate additions. Um, and it was like this big, long building that cut off to the right in an L shape. And, um, and the, and the half story was, was being used as living space. Um, so there was a previous fire in 1986. After that, the electrical, uh, you know, was semi, it was like semi updated. There was still knob and tubing present and active, um, as big a building as it was, it wasn't, um, required to be connected to a municipal system. It was local alarms only. And uh, the only saving grace that was about a, a, you know, a day late and a dollar short was uh, that the town adopted the regulation to require the occupancy to have a fully automated sprinkler. But it was in a five-year grace period. And in that, uh, we were four years and a month through that grace period. And, uh, you know, with 11 months to go with having to install the sprinkler system. Um, this place actually caught fire and it was due to some faulty electrical work or some old electrical work. And that's kind of how this whole thing got started. Um, so that's just to give everybody kind of the, the backdrop of it, um, of what would happen there. So, so Mike, you were there, you were there that day. Were you actually, were you actually on duty or or were you in town and responding? Yeah. So I lived, I lived actually right outside the center on summer half but um yeah no i came in on the box um and uh you know i guess i don't know hindsight being 2020 just for geographical you know markers in your head this fire or this building was only maybe a quarter of a mile from freeman street we only have mm-hmm. one station so yeah. freeman street um and then i was maybe i lived at maybe a half a mile three quarters of a mile away from the station right so and I was, so I was on in September, this is January, so I was still, like, gung-ho, like, I'm, like, mm-hmm. going in. Every time my uh, pager went off, yep. I, w- I was in the car and going. And uh, and so, yeah, no, so I got right in there. I got on the, uh, I think it was uh, myself, Doug Campbell, Jimmy Campbell, maybe Larry Layden. But uh, we all went, like, all right there and went on the next next available, well, the truck that was there mm-hmm. was an engine. Um, and we, we headed right over, so... Um, yeah, I, you know, a lot of it's a blur because again, it's just, you're young. You just mm-hmm. kind of like holding on to coattails. It, it, there's uh it's interesting. You, you, and I totally forgot this too, but you probably even say like, wait, we had an officer in the ladder. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? This yeah, is yeah. where we talk about change eventually. Right. right. But you know, it was an absolute trying to figure out the rotation. Oh yeah was crazy right. like you would do one call on the engine one one call on on the engine jump seat and then you'd be on the ambulance or ladder and the mm-hmm. next call like it would rotate right. through it was it was kind of crazy right. and uh and so and um you know we had one firefighter on the desk so they they showed up with eight right right so right, yeah. even if the minimum manning was nine uh they were only showing up with mm-hmm. eight right and then you take in an officer in henry chipman on the engine um, established is establishing command. So now you take right. it, right? So you can see kind of like behind the eight ball already. Yeah. Um, I remember getting there and, 
I, th- I feel like, well, no, Henry was there. but So I feel like, uh, I don't think the chief was on scene yet, but, you know, um, this was after the flashover. It was, okay. Yeah. Right. And I was told to go up with Larry Layden and uh, get Bertram and uh, Kevin Hunt. Mm-hmm. They're, they're still inside the building, right? So we get up there. I remember making the way to the t- second floor, followed the line up. And again, I didn't even been to the academy. I don't mm-hmm. even know how to do a search. I don't, I don't know any of that. Right. right. Like they, these guys here showed me how to put on a Scott mm-hmm. and, and and mask up and and get in there. Right. So we get up there. I still remember. Like there's still certain things I re- I remember. Like the, it wasn't a stairs to go up. It was like you get to the second floor, the top of the stairwell, but then there's a ramp yeah. going going like out back. Okay. Right. So I remember that. Ramp, and there was, I remember seeing Kevin Hunt. Right there, I think Birdie was on the front, on mm-hmm. the nozzle. So I'm like, hey, you guys got to go. They want you all front. So at this point, when when they're asking you to get everybody, retrieve everybody out of the building, one thing I want to point out here is, because um, one thing we want to do is we want to compare and contrast today. Yeah. So not everybody had a portable radio at this time. No, 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 no. Only one person right. on, so your only your officers had the portable. Which wasn't uncommon no. at the time for departments. So it's not like, you know, we're so far behind the eight ball. But right. compared to some of the departments around, um, there were a lot of departments around that that did have individual portables. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I'm, you know, it's amazing. Like even being in this position, getting out and seeing other mm-hmm. departments, and either how how advanced they are, even with that stuff, mm-hmm. or how not advanced right. they are. Right? right, like you kind of say, all right, we don't have it too bad, or right, right. wow, we could have it better. Right. right so, right. Um, yeah, but only one person had the portable. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> The thing was the size of your laptop anyway, yeah, so yeah, I think I you needed yeah, two right. to carry it. Yeah, but, uh, um, yeah, so there was communication, as always, right? It was, right. It was huge. Right. But so initially, that was that was the thought, right? Like, we had to get Birdie and Kevin. Mm-hmm. They needed you out front and get kind of, quote, unquote, unquote uncountability. Right. It was. So at this point, when they're asking you to go in now, are you guys in general, are, are we doing, like, a pause, you know, where? No. So it wasn't a pause. It was just so get them, bring them out. So as far as I knew it, those two. So they may have called them out front, and that's why they told us to go in and get Birdie and sure. Kevin because they didn't. They right. were still on the line. So once we found them, I'm like, okay. So you know, Larry Layden's like, all right, we're just picking up the line. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to continue to fight the fire. And uh, you know, I don't think I went out for a bottle change, but we did come back out, and they said. Did you guys see Victor? And I'm like, no, you told us. Like, in my head, mm-hmm. I, I was brand Like, I was, right. I wasn't saying anything. But Larry's yeah. like, no, you told us to get Kevin and uh, Birdie. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, wait, right. that's what they told us, right? So then. At that point, there's, I couldn't I couldn't imagine, like, crew integrity, things like that. Those aren't things that are running through a guy who's been on for five months. None of it. Not, none of it. Yeah. I mean, and and I didn't even have, as basic as they teach at the academy, I didn't even have that basic down right you wouldn't, you wouldn't even have had the, the the words i i didn't <laughs> i mean a, it wasn't I, even a thought no i yeah, mean really right. that stuff was not even yeah i mean you know it was it wasn't even part of it it's like you know i i had a i had a moment thought the other day was that you know i, I remember being so amped up at fires and, and like it's game day mm-hmm. like and i was catching fires left and right i mean i really you know knock on wood it, it gave me but that woke me up because mm-hmm. it's not a game, no. right? Like we were talking how important it is to get like 
you know, you, we like we like employees that participated in, in sports, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's I do like that. It's not that my only thing, but it, it's like okay, can you can you work as a team, right? Right. And so I saw fires as game day, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're able to like, and, and you do. You're a young kid. You're 24, 25 years old. You're like, oh, you know, another fire, another fire. Like you were, it, it, it was, it was like I was hitting the jackpot. Until then, it's like, yeah. oh shit, this is real, right? Like this is real. So, anyways, they they told us go get Victor, go find Victor. Now you talk about like some sort of coordinated search, right? I just held on to Larry Layden's like, yep. Pant leg, you know, right. his his bootleg or whatever, his pants, and uh, kind of went in. No systematic, but I do remember, like, I felt they had a, an extinguisher that must have fallen off the wall. So I was like, "Oh, oh, is that?" And then no, and then no, we didn't change balls because then we start we were running out of air, so we right. went back out. And then I think a couple guys from Avon went, was on scene then, and they went up and they actually found Victor in the room we were searching. Right, but um, you know, one part of, I don't know whether you read it in the report one interesting part about that was that they had cut this building up so much that they the way it was described to me was that they built boxes which were their apartments inside bigger boxes yeah right so the burning was going on up between that seal the two ceilings really right you know so um and and i think that's important you know you talk about pre-planning but also having you know maybe access to building you're building inspectors, uh, right. permitting, mm-hmm. and, and not that these guys probably didn't even permit, right? So they probably just built it out, trying yeah. to get more apartments right. in. Then what, what can we right. charge out for? But that was the key thing. So like like my dad said, when you went up there, it's light smoke. Yeah. I mean, how many times do we go to that stuff, right? Like right. light smoke. Yeah. All right, let's. Burnt, burnt toast gives you light smoke. Yep. Right, right. And, and it probably had, I mean, these guys were all experienced. They probably... Well, it's a different smell, but at the same time, eh, it's probably just you know. Yeah. Let's find this and right. And uh, it should be a light socket yeah. or something. It's you know timing's everything too. Like a half you know quarter mile down the street from the station, you know, mm-hmm. with the response time, if it was longer, might have been better situation, you know, better circumstances mm-hmm. or better results. And then, you know, um, the you know I, I don't and I don't think you can. We do a very good job of uh, making sure that everybody is is protected you know you don't want to say i don't think there was anything that anybody could done differently you know because we talk about this how you know could i have searched better like you know it was a flashover right um everything i mean victor didn't have a chance right yeah he didn't have a chance so you know my father's like probably has some guilt this to survive his guilt with my my Mm -hmm. father and henry and all the guys that were there but really it would have been okay if you were with them there would have been Two line of duty deaths. Exactly. You know? Yeah. In the report, we have, uh, it talks about uh, some of the guys that were up there with him. Uh, some of the other guys that were up there with him, and, and Victor had said, hey, why don't you guys go down and get a line? And those were the guys that yep. essentially were, were spared uh, in that. Um, some other oh, things. Right, 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 right. Some other things that I want to point out, too. Um, and, you know, one of the big things on the show that we like to talk about, you know, we like to talk about culture, and, it, and it's, it's all culture. And everybody's culture that you build at your department is different. And, um, you know, we want to have a, a culture of, of safety, but knowing that there's inherent risks to the job, mm-hmm. right? So doing things to dot our I's and cross our T's, um, you know, and, and luckily today we have, you know, top of the line gear and all this, like all the latest and advancements 
to help protect us. Um, at the time, things were a little bit different in Stoughton. Um, I've, I've never worn one. Um, they kind of stopped issuing, one, issuing them, I think, right when I got hired. But we had those, um, the spare pass devices, mm-hmm. which used to be, um, which used to actually be your pass device. You didn't have an inline no. pass device that automatically turned on. Um, and what the study found um, was that Victor's pass device was actually in the off position, mm-hmm. which in comparison to other studies, they had noted that it was not, um, it was not an uncommon finding, unfortunately, because when you're chasing smells and bells all day, um, you know, and you're turning that thing on every time and you're sitting still and you're talking to the homeowner or you're doing something and, and everyone's past device is going off. I can't speak to it, but I could imagine it kind of causes chaos on a scene that really isn't all that chaotic until you have this loud past device. Yeah. And I would say to that is there's a reason why they put them in line. Yeah. Past devices. Right. right. Because yeah. chances are you are probably not putting it on. Right. Because. Exactly. You know, on an investigation with light smoke, I mean, maybe, maybe if a structure fire and that you're, you know, you know, you're going interior and, Mm -hmm. you know, you might remember to, Mm -hmm. but these things, you know, you talk about the portables, these were, these were maybe just shy of the size of the portables, the old ones, right? Exactly. um, And, and they were, they, it wasn't like Mm -hmm. you had them, but you had them. That's it. I mean, you might as well use them to chalk the door. So really, really painting the picture is like. I mean, man, I, I can't imagine like how much more, sh- even when I put on an old pack that we have and a new pack that we have now, the gear streamline, everything mm. it just edges around it. Everything's in tighter and cleaner. The buckles work better. Oh. Everything's better. Uh, everything's lighter. Um, one other thing uh, that we'll, I'll point out in the study was that, um, you know, v- there was a few, Victor was found with his mask off. Um, and uh, so, one of the things that was suspected was maybe that he had taken his mask off, made it to a window to signal for, uh, for some help or to, um, you know, or to let guys know that he needed that line. Um, there was a woman or, um, a witness who actually said that she saw a firefighter leaning out the window. So at some point, maybe it's, you know, people assume that he went back in and then that's when things flashed over. So, um, whether or not he was wearing his mask in the event of a flashover, it really, it, 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 it may, it, it probably wouldn't have saved his life anyhow. No. Um, but it does, but it does speak to, um, the old days when you hear things, when you hear guys say, you know, like the old generation of like smoke eaters and guys like that who yeah. would go in without masks and it was almost like a sense of pride to come out with your face dirty and soot everywhere. <laughs> and you didn't turn your mask on. Oh, and yeah. you didn't turn your mask on. John, and, um, John uh, actually, it's a funny story about Victor. Um, so we had a Shom- the Shamit Mill fire, right? And it was like, I remember that was like October-ish of 1994, mm-hmm. right? And uh, again, I went down there in the ladder. Um, and, uh, you know, that was a long fire. Like, we yeah. went through bottles. Mm-hmm. And, and Victor was outside changing his bottle. And, uh, and, uh, in between the bottle change, he's like, and he would say, I don't know. He probably called everybody kid, but he'd be like, Hey kid. I'm like, what do you need? He goes, can you change my bottle out while I'm changing this bottle out? He's, you know, he's smoking a butt. 
Yeah. <laughs> right? Right? Like, that was his break. Right? Like, these guys, I mean, swear, they, they were smoke oh, eaters. Man. I mean, they, yeah. they, they, they were. And, uh, and so, and this is probably his second or third bottle. I mean, this, it speaks to the guy that he was, too. We're not talking about, you know, I know we all have them in every line of work out there, right? right? Like, there's guys that, you know, down here, you know, the, the old guys used to call them doorway dancers. Like yeah, they, right. They'd be kind of like dodging around looking, but they yeah. weren't really, I mean, this guy was a worker. Yeah. So it wasn't like a, it wasn't, he was that type of yeah. Jake, firefighter, yeah. you know, he was. And, and that's what I think, it, you know, really set home with me is like, okay, well, if this can happen to Victor, it can happen to anybody. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, the, and, and, to, and to highlight that, uh, Mike, I, oh, trying to put this presentation together and, and trying to figure out how I wanted to lead this conversation, what we wanted to talk about. I, I, I talked to, um, I reached out to the guys that were, that were working, um, that day or who had worked with Victor, uh, at least some of them. And, um, a, a lot of guys said like, yeah, like, well, it, it, I didn't realize it until he was gone, but I didn't realize how much they learned from Victor. So mm. it sounds like he was one of those guys, true senior guy, you know, uh, into the job, walk mm-hmm. the walk, talk the talk. Yep. And knew what he was doing, and um, it, you know, and I, and I hate to even like say these words, right? But it's like one of those things that's always when you read in these reports, it's like um, rapid. Well, how do they put it, Mike? Right? It's always rapid changes in the environment. Oh, oh or yeah. Rapid, or and it's like yeah. So that you go in light smoke, not even knowing that there's fire plugging away, ceiling gives way, and then the fire just pushes down. Yeah, and I and I think that's unpredictable. I, I I really believe I don't really put a lot of stock into the woman that said she saw him. Yeah, out the window. Mm-hmm. I, I I feel like he so Thomas says he probably broke right because that's the room he was found in. So he probably broke right. You went left wow. down further down the hall, right? Yep. And I'm thinking. It was just the matter of timing of that thing burned through, got enough oxygen, and just lit up. Let go and let go. Like it was just burning for, it was probably burning for hours, right? right? So, and it was just contained up there. Mm -hmm. It really wasn't getting out anywhere. So, I think no matter mask, no mask, I don't believe the person out there that said she saw. Like, I've ran into that so many times. You got to be really careful about that because there's a lot of people. That want to be so much part of what's going on there. Yeah, they'll say, "Oh, I saw somebody up there. Oh, there's somebody upstairs." Uh, you know, that's how uh, you know. Pe- you know, some of the fires we've been to. You know, like, "Oh, there's somebody upstairs." There's right. N- I haven't no, met it where there is actually somebody. I mean, you know, when tr- somebody truly knows. Oh, I think that guy's still in the apartment. I think that guy's still in in that room. Right. Okay, well, where? You know, and then come to find out, it's not. Mm-hmm. And I think that that what you that's what you see a lot of people. Right. And that was our most recent line of duty death for Worcester, right? Yeah. Um, I, I'm sorry, I'm terrible with names. Was it, was it Menard? I think it was Menard. Yeah, Menard. I am too. Right. So. I, I'm terrible with names and things like that. I got to be better. But yeah, so I mean, that was report of a baby on the third floor, mm-hmm. and then he took his team and they pressed in and he got his team out, and then that was that was the sac the ultimate sacrifice that mm-hmm. he made. Unfortunately, and, and uh, I think if I, I don't know the report says it, but if I remember correctly, they they thought somebody was still up there. Yeah, you know? yeah, there were the still people in there. Was, yeah, there was somebody up on the second floor, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the, uh, I think it, I so third floor, right? Because it was the half was at the half story level. Yeah, it was or? like a. Yeah, because it was so it's so hard to remember, but it was one one floor up, and then there was another half floor up. Right, or, right, yeah, yeah. 
So that was because they because Victor took his guys up to the third floor for a search, and that was what. Yep. Yeah, when yep. he showed up in, uh, I believe it was engine. So I think the four. initial crew was you, Victor, probably Birdie, and Kevin came in after, but yep. you, Victor, yep. and maybe one other. I don't. Or was it just you two on the line? You know, it's, it's funny just us because he went one way, I went the other. Yeah, so it was just the two of you. And my helmet fell off. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's got. You should tell. I mean, it's really. You know, you, you start to uh, and and after the all that, you're like, okay, what sort of intervention, right, um, happened that I remember my father telling me he's like, yeah, he goes, I swear to God, your grandfather who had passed away, you know, years before that, but it knocked my helmet off because. His helmet knocked off and rolled down that hallway. Sure. And when he turned around, it was just a ball of fire right. rolling down that highway. So he just dove. Right. He didn't even know there was a fire escape there. He just dove out. Right, right. You know, thank God. But, you know, it's a kind of a, you know, you, you kind of like, what happened? You know? Yeah, some kind of divine intervention. Yeah, right? so, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Listen, I, somebody was watching. Somebody, yeah, so he could hang around and give me more shit. I, I used to, I used to, <laughs> I used to get, yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> That's my job. Yeah, yeah. I know. Oh man, I, I used to I, I I never put any stock in any of that stuff when I was a kid, and then and then you get a little bit older, and some things happen in your life, yeah. yeah. And you you have some unanswerable things, and you're like, all right, well, so I I'm with that stuff, yeah. Um, <laughs> so like we mentioned, the 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 past device was off, right? So um, so there was no there was no uh, indicator as far as like sound goes, right? You couldn't no. you couldn't there was nothing there was nothing to find them, so it had to be done by search. Uh, as the guys are putting out the fire, it took I think a full fifty minutes uh, for for Victor to be found at that point. So uh, at that point, he was uh, he was transported to the hospital. Um, you know, afterwards, where where I believe he was pronounced at the hospital. But um, yeah, and that and that and that and that kind of sums up that fire and how it happened. I mean, everything that could have been wrong about the building was, yeah, was wrong. wrong about the building. Yeah. Um, and Occupants and everything, everything, yeah. Yeah. and so. It just it just highlights the things that we're up against and the things that Stoughton itself was up against as far as where the department was as a department, its culture, the way that the way that they did things, the way that, you know, um, the, the, the fire service was kind of getting brought up. Um, you know, unfortunately, Stoughton fell into some of the pitfalls and not because of um, the lack of commitment of the guys to the community and, right. and, and, and for the love of the job. But I, I think as you guys know, having spent years on the job and I'm a young guy and I already see how easy it is to cut corners, not throw my hood on or, you know, yeah. going into burnt food and you know, it's burnt food and you hear the statistics about, you know, people, you know, getting cancer because they're going into burnt food calls because they're burning plastics and Teflons and stuff. And it's like, oh, you're going to get to put my SCBA on for that. And it's right. like, uh, you just right, cut right. corners. Right, right. It's an easy thing to do. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think, um, one thing that I really took away from, uh, one of the last episodes we had with Joe Marchetti was that, you know, his, his, uh, friend and mentor, Ray Roberts, he, he passed away from cancer, but, um, he said, how do, how do we prevent this stuff? And, and, and not just cancer, but, but anything, any accident, line of duty, death, anything like that. Um, and, and Joe said to him, you just didn't have the people in front of you telling you, Hey man, like this is bad or this is not how we do this. Right. And so, um, you know, creating a culture and building, building a culture, um, you know, it takes 
a long time and generations and buy-in uh, from from everybody involved. And um, it, it takes everybody, including lieutenants, captains, all the way up to chiefs um, and all the way down to firefighters to stay current on information and um, to keep on like practicing their craft, right? Just, just to back you up on what you're saying there is one of the first fires that I went in, I was a young guy. I put the squad on, had the air pack on, and had to, you know, I was in there with the, and there was a lot of smoke and everything else. They already knocked the fire down. And it was one of the senior men, I'm not going to say his name, but he come up and he says, take the damn mask off. Yeah. I says, he says, you got to eat some of the smoke to find out what it's like. Right. So he, he took my mask off. And right. I was there in that coffin and my nose was running and I get the hell out of the building. Yeah. Because everything was, you know. But they were just trying to show me be a smoke eater. Right. So, well, let me ask you, like in your career, um, did you find yourself having a mask on a lot when guys didn't? Or eventually was it a thing where you kind of got used to well, having a little more smoke involved? No, no. I think uh, the new generation came and you had your sm- uh, squad on. Okay, so you, you guys know, were helping yeah. put a stop to that. Yeah. Yeah, good. So you weren't run out of the building every, you know, right. five minutes. Right. So. I mean, it, there is something like, there, there is like something that I don't, I don't know, I don't know how to put it, like, like romantic about like the idea of like, you know, busting into a building, bravado, you know, <laughs> pulling someone out, yeah. like, you know, just lighting up a butt afterwards, right? Like <laughs> no big deal. But it's like, it's, just, you know what, at the end of the day, like this isn't a movie. Yeah. Right, you know, we're not in backdraft. You don't, you don't run through hallways that are lit up in fire, right. and you That's can't right. see yeah. what you're doing. It's just not. I know. No, it just isn't. It just yeah. isn't the facts. I've done the so. squat, really. You know, everybody had their squat on after yeah. a couple yeah. of years on yeah. it. But, but you, when I first went on, it was. Yeah. Well, I and uh, you know, I was, I, you know, the whole idea of the hoods, right? Mm-hmm. So the hoods was kind of my mask to you, right? Yeah. So, you know, I. Kid, if you put your hood on, you're not gonna. You really need to feel whether the heat's coming or not with right. your ears. Like, right. They use their ears as like thermometers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. But knowing what you know now, because how many days after were you just like, you like use a Q-tip and you're still pulling black shit out of your or, right. out of your ears or your nose or you're right. taking a shower, you're still smelling smoke, yeah. right? Like that's all toxins, right? Even after that recent job that we went to in Easton, I I washed my hair the second day, yeah. and I'm like, why do I still smell smoke? Yeah, yeah. you it's, know, it was so, incredible. Uh, and that was that, a that that wasn't like we didn't like face incredible amounts of smoke. No, I there. mean, you guys were on the roof. You yeah. you know what I mean? We went in for a little bit of overhaul, but at yeah. the same time, it's like okay, well, that's how it gets in everywhere. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget it. You know, there was a whole time that I was like trying to do me my. My sister-in-law was teaching yoga, and it's hot yoga, right? So my brother and I were taking it, and it's an amazing mm-hmm. exercise and in, in whatever. So aside from being shown up by 68-year-old women, <laughs> and I'm getting down. Okay, yeah. so how do I rest? I can just lay down on the mat while you guys are all doing that. Um, but I'll never forget. It was like a day after a fire, a full 24 I wiped my face and it was black. Yeah. Right. I sw- I was literally sweating all the toxins out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm like, wow, that stuff. If I didn't do this, just sits inside it you. Sits there. Sits inside yeah, you. It's brutal. It, it is. And and I don't know whether. So you know, the hood was a whole thing, right? And sometimes I'm, I I I actually just put it on the outside my jacket so I remember now because mm-hmm. in Easton, same thing. I was mm-hmm. 
and and that's the stuff you're picking up on the outside, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, it's just it's amazing. It's like it's just a clear cut roadmap of where we were, mm-hmm. you know, where we are and where we're going, and, right, how, and right, all right. the changes yeah. along. It's it's amazing. Um, so, so the morning of what was it? It was um, was it? It was January twenty eighth, ninety five. Yeah. So, it was early morning. Um, after, so so after after everything had cleared. Now 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 we're getting to the point right where it's like it's immediately post. We have a line of duty death. You know the ME was called. Everybody was notified. State mar- state marshals notified. Uh, everything's being investigated. Um, you know. I don't want to spend a ton of time on this, but I think it's important to highlight because not everybody. And when we spoke, th- there, are, fortunately, there are a lot of departments that didn't have to go through mm-hmm. a day like this. Mm-hmm. And and in my history, I haven't had to go through a day like this right. with 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 um you know an active an active death on a, on a fire scene. And right, I'm right. Grateful for that, but um, chief, can you kind of give us the can you kind of paint us a picture of what the what that day and the and kind of the following days were like in the department? How did you guys, you know, how how did you guys pull together? Oftentimes, you know, when when these tragic events take place, the community, you know, everybody pulls together, everybody leans on each other. But how did you guys pick up the pieces? Well, uh, everybody got closer together, and then uh, and the. Probably the worst thing of the whole thing was me and the other lieutenant had to go to Victor's house right. and tell his wife that right. what happened there. But when we come back to the guys, they were all around us, and they, you know everybody we vented to each other, and just a, you know like a big family that did it. Then, of course, everybody said, "What the hell could I have done better, or what could I have done different?" But it was time to heal for, you know, you can cry on my shoulder and I'll cry on yours. Right. You know, it was the big family thing that brought us right. together there. Right. So, but, and uh, looking at it now, some good things come out of that mm-hmm. thing. And uh, Mike will tell you, but, you know, as far as the minimum manning and yep. everything that went on. But as, as a family, we mm-hmm. all got together and, we cried on each other's shoulders, and when we went home, I know that I was out for about a week anyhow. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it was an awful tough time, but we got through it somehow. Yeah. So, Mike, and, and, and you were there as well. So in, in, like, the weeks to come after that, like, what were, the, what were some of the immediate changes? Um, you know, obviously people are devastated, but what, what, were, what were some of the immediate changes that took place? Um, that you found were uh, kind of instrumental in, in, you know, obviously helping guys pick up the pieces and and, and kind of move you guys along into, you know, let's say better, safer working conditions. Right. right. So I, I, you know, even to that morning, right, I remember like sitting there going, wow, I, I, I was still in shock. Like it really wasn't happening. And then, you know, there were all these, it was, it's interesting. You talk about like progression, right? But let's just talk about progression and in the whole idea of PTSD, right? Mm -hmm. Like there was such, it was just starting that I think they might've had like a Plymouth County 
like critical incident stress debriefing team right yep that came up and uh and real no, really no like playbook on how do you deal with this mm-hmm. right like there is now at right. least there's there's things in place right now and, it, right. and and it's okay to talk about but back then so especially being a new guy like mm-hmm. who do you talk to right sure. like you just kind of find like I, I remember just sitting there watching and just mimicking who I looked up to there is how are they dealing with this right mm-hmm. and a lot of them and, and don't forget a lot of these guys were like Vietnam vets right, right. so they're like they've they've seen shit before they were on the job right so okay how are they dealing with it not necessarily the healthiest way but the healthiest way they knew at that time what worked for them right right so i remember you know i remember like somebody from the the critical incident stress team following me around like you need to talk to you need to talk like they were on me and i was getting frustrated right and like trying to find a place where just the stoughton guys were yeah to talk and, and you know upstairs freeman street hasn't right. changed right so you know you go into the to the Get back, Joe, to, get back Joe, to the huddle. Right. Joe's yeah. office, right? Like, we obviously didn't have a medic lounge, but you right. find some place, right? Like, right. just to get away from that because you didn't know what their intent was. Right. I didn't even know these guys were on the job somewhere else. I never even considered that, yeah. Right? Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm trying to, like, lose myself and still be with these guys. Um, so I, I remember being confused um, and, and trying to get a, a grasp of, how, why, what just happened, and uh, and not having that answer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and seeing these guys that you're, you know, shit. When I when I got on the job, my father's, you know, this Victor was one of the guys. So back then, they, and I don't know whether you guys still say it, but like, if you get something, right, hold on to Victor's coattail, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like if you're going in somewhere, hold on to his coattail. That's the bet. That was like the biggest respect you could get. You knew the guy was good, mm-hmm. good in the job. If if they told you, grab his coattail. He'll t- he'll never lead you in the wrong place. Yeah. So now I'm looking at these guys going. Oh, these guys kind of like don't know what to do. And now I certainly don't know what to do. Right. So I would say that that initial impact, and then the families, right? Like you gotta you gotta kind of talk to your mother. You gotta talk to your wife. You right. gotta talk to Explain your family, and and they're confused. And you gotta sit there and relive it. You have to relive it, and then you have, you know, and then you and then you gotta sit there and try to explain that. Well, yeah, it, it just happened. And then, okay, I'm going to work. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So now they, I remember them being amped up too, right? right? Like every fire that came yeah. in or calls that came in after that. We, I grew up on a scanner at home. So yeah. everything that went out there was, uh, you know, my mother was like. Well, it's like oh. you said, you're like, oh man, this is real. Yeah. And before that, it, it was like game day for you, but it right. wasn't like real in a sense as it was that day. And I'm sure that everybody and every family and every wife, uh, I mean, daughter and oh. um, son kind of came to the same re- realization. Like, oh, Yeah, I, I think happen. that they realized, and that's why, you know, it's it's interesting. It happened in Stoughton. You know, I don't know what our numbers were back then, but we're not a huge department. It's like 3,400 runs. Right. Um, and I think it was like 1,400 medicals. Right. And if we, maybe if we had 10 per shift, maybe we had one over. I'm not sure. But, you know, you have 40, 40 guys on. So... You know, we're not huge, mm-hmm. right? So, like like my dad was just saying, he took a week off, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, I like in today's world, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I need a week off. The guy I was just up, you know, searching with, 
yeah. guy, right? Yeah. Like that's like a week, you know, he, take, like take, take the year, <laughs> you know? And, and it's like, yeah. um, and so that was, but that was like, we didn't have those resources. And then right. I remember, um, you know, the PFFM mm-hmm. and, and Boston Fire coming in to help and, and guys from Brockton mm-hmm. and, and all these people started showing up and the community did come together. I right. mean, it was yeah. a, you know, it was a whole thing, right? But you were still not sure what, where's this going? Right. Yeah, what are we supposed to do? Yeah, yeah, what are we supposed to do? Right. And, and, and we still, I mean, we had companies in covering and stuff, but, yeah. but, you know, and then we, you know, and then they tried to do what they thought was best. I remember having meetings up at the Great Great Hall and Town Hall, mm-hmm. right? Like just for the firefighters and then firefighters with their families, right? And they'd bring people in. Um, so it was a grieving process. First of all, it was shock and awe, and then it was a grieving process. And then it was, and as time went on, it settled in on people where we we saw people either retiring, right, leaving, um, or or having to take more than a week off, right? Mm-hmm. So um, it really impacted the department. And the union really stepped up, mm-hmm. you know, um, really stepped up. You know, it, it's, you know, I didn't really know. I knew of Chief Suave. I knew Chief mm-hmm. Suave a little bit, but I didn't know him, know him. Right. And I worked there long enough. He's right. still the chief. You really don't have any right. interaction, right? So, um, but... I don't even actually remember him being at any of those things, but I remember the union having to kind of, I mean, this is a little bit further down the road, but having to, okay, we need to, we need to make this right. The union was more or less the uh, tail that was wagging the dog. Oh, the, yeah. the union was the, yeah. yeah, it was the motor and, and yeah. in the drive, right? Yeah. Like in, in, it never stopped. Yeah. Right. It, yeah. It's very, it was, it was great that we had a really good union there because you talk about some of the policies in, in implementation. I mean, putting things in their contract. Mm-hmm. But I remember sitting with these. There were, there were two studies done, and one was a kind of a smaller, the Rose Street, and mm-hmm. then the MMA one. And, and um, you know, it's funny they didn't really interview me on one of them. And then I was reading them the uh, oh, a month or two ago, and the old interviews and young firefighter I, I was labeled as. They mm-hmm. really didn't yeah. even take my name down. Right, right, right. But um, you know, it's, and that's why I, you know, part of this is like, okay, this can happen anywhere. Mm-hmm. And like, t- and the, we probably do a better job of it now that, you know, knock on, we, we never go through the skin, but, you know, make sure we're getting everybody involved in, in debriefing and, right. and make sure they have some sort of, you know, way to, to get their shit out. Right. Right. Make sure they're part of it. And uh, when I read that, I'm like, young firefighter, are you kidding? I'm like, okay. <laughs> right? So, I mean. It's I'm almost like, like discredit. Disca- yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You doesn't know count, but yeah, here's what he has I to say. I found it crumbled up in the bottom of that drive, by the way. <laughs> and, uh, and and so talking to, like, and, and so the Rose Street one was more local. I remember Chief Ronain or Deputy Ronain came in for that. Yep. They yep. kind of, uh, yep. Deputy Anderson, I think, over in Randolph came in. Yep. Like, they brought in who was the area I, I don't know whether you're talking about for the review board. I think it was a review board. I yeah. don't know whether I don't know whether uh, Chief Galligan was involved, but he like all kind of what was probably legacy right type right. leaders. Now let me ask you who. So when you say they brought in who who was this so I don't know. review board? <laughs> no, no. So this review board, any anyhow, guys, I want to put it together, and I, I just want to kind of not finish off what you're saying, but to to no, put yeah, it, go ahead to put it in clear 
clear perspective after after the event i think everybody i'm sure in the town you get you highlighted how the community came together you had boston yeah. and brockton you had some of these big apartments coming in and helping us with everything that you know we needed because um, like you said there just wasn't a playbook for there it wasn't course, we were right? trying to figure out the funeral yeah, right. right like and so all these things going on and then we have this review board that gets put together consistent of active and retired members of several departments um, including chiefs and all sorts of other elected officials but um, you know really strong union guys um, and, and and they did a study uh, it was a complete uh, post-incident analysis um, of the rooming house and they also included all the recommendations um, to try to avoid future line of deaths, right? But also to make drastic improvements mm-hmm. to the department. Yep. Um, and, you know, we don't want to beat a dead horse. I think the best way to put it is that at the time, Stoughton was a great fire department with great members who cared very much about the community, but it was. An organi- it was an organization that lacked critical development. And as we talked about in the fire service, it's everything's evolving. And at that time, it just seems that Stoughton hadn't evolved with the times necessarily. You had a lot of guys who loved the job, but they didn't know how to take it from where it was to where it needed to be. Right. And so this is where this review board came in. Um, and so... This review board, one of the one of the big things that they um, you know that, that that they put out was that everybody needed to be able to communicate on a fire ground, and so that was one of the that was the only thing that the town made an emergency appropriation for was radios at the time. Yep. So everybody everybody got radios. Mm-hmm. What was that like having to listen to other guys on the radio? <laughs> <laughs> Some people would talk and talk and talk, and then they the other ones you'd never read. Hey, yeah. you okay? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I think it was that's a, a big improvement. That was though. that's good. Yeah, I think now we have a problem of people not not shutting up on the radio, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh well, we had that. So, yeah. uh, I don't think we we particularly have that program. It's just something that people like to harp on about and train like everybody. Oh sure, stay off the radio, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But. Uh, yeah, so uh, you know another another huge um, recommendation that that the um, that the board uh, wanted to put in, uh, they knew that we didn't have the Manning we needed in town. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. At the time, NFPA um, had said you know a sufficient amount of firefighters to show up to you know a, a one and a half or two and a half story building. Like the minimum was twelve. The minimum, not you know not. That that wasn't the ideal number. The ideal number is probably still up somewhere around twenty or something, right? right. But but to get the fire going, knowing that you have resources coming, um, the ideal minimum was twelve, and we weren't even close to that. As at oh, Mike, as you fact, could. we dropped one guy who have to take care of the radios, get the box out. We left one guy in the desk. So you guys came with seven or or with eight? I think we came with eight. You came with eight. Yeah. Came yeah. With eight. yeah. So Manning was nine. Right. So and we had to drop one off. So we still. So I think that yeah, what they did, I think civilian dispatchers started really spurred from mm-hmm. yep. eventually from that. So we got that firefighter off the desk and on the yep. on the truck. That was another. That was another recommendation of this that mm-hmm. I that I remember. So obviously, um, you know, training, training at the time, and one of the biggest things that I knew about as I started my career um, was that. 
training back then was um, it was completely acceptable to do on the job training, Mike. That's how you got hired on yep. the job training. Yep. Um, and and luckily you had some, you know, you obviously you're in a fire family. I'm sure you kind of had you know a bit of a you know a bit of a head start with a little bit of knowledge, but you know a lot of guys coming in wouldn't have that. And you had good senior, you had some pretty good senior leadership to yeah, follow, which did. you know. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't want to say like you're lucky nothing happened to you or anything like that, but at the same time, um, like these these events showcase us that you know really are fortunate to to have the training we have now. And one of the major recommendations coming out of the study was that um, that guys no longer can come on and do on the job training and then go to a fire ground. They had to have a minimum of the um, what's it the the um, your firefighter one on one, right? Yeah. Um, or, or equivalent, and I think that's when they decided that it had to be from the Massachusetts Fire Academy right, right, or right, equivalent. Right. And that's uh, and that's when guys would start to get hired now after that after yeah. that uh, initial training. Yeah. So I, I remember specifically the training was a huge component mm-hmm. of uh, of a lot of the stuff that came out there uh, because there were training records, right? Like. This is what I, I had warned some chiefs of as I got more comfortable in there. Um, you know, we've really, they will pull everything apart. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't forget, NIOSH wasn't really even looking into this stuff back then. Right. Right. So there was no NIOSH report on this. Right. But there were still plenty coming in mm-hmm. and they were tearing everything apart. Right. Right. And we didn't have training records, I don't think, or if they were, they were very. Right. We didn't have it. Yeah, we didn't have any training records. So, and it was on the job training, mm-hmm. right? I, and again, you don't know what you're doing. Right. Right. There's not even that. Not only that, we there's no there's no training records, but there's no back then there was no training safety officer. No. No. Training and safety officer, right? No. Um, which, uh, you know, and then so for you know for those whose department might be set up a little bit different. You know, our, our training and safety off officer at the time is also at the accountability board, mm-hmm. right? Collecting tags yep, and yep. making sure that he knows where everybody is and right. uh, being involved with that. So right. fast forward to the way we do things now, we have a, a we have a position completely dedicated to all that, including mm-hmm. records. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I think that's that's important to understand. And listen, you know, I. I feel for the departments that are still out there because ever since I took this position here, you know, you get out more, mm-hmm. right? You get out to other area departments and, and, and talk to chiefs and, you know, and I think just like back then, you know, everybody, every department or organization does the best they can. Like I don't question anybody's, you know, um, motivation or I think everybody I like to think that everybody in the fire service for the most part really cares about what they're doing and and who they're serving and where they work right but you know some don't have the means right some you know don't have the uh the support of the community they work in right and I think that's where a lot of this fails I think internally behind the doors I think everybody really does. I like to think that it doesn't matter what department you're on, you, you really care. Of course. Right? But, <laughs> you know, when you when you start looking at, like, even the guys back then, sometimes you don't know what you don't know or what you don't have, mm-hmm. right? So training records, like, we right. haven't needed them for, you know, I think, uh, you know, 
Doton Fire, you know, originated in 18-something, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, what? We haven't needed them for almost over 100 years now. Why do we need them now, right? right? So okay. I think that, you know, and I think the other departments are like that now, too. Like, I see them out there, and, and like, they're doing the best they can with what they got, mm-hmm. right? But in today's world, is much better. It, it's much more, you know, you can go on line and say oh this is a new nfpa standard or this is what new technique strategies tactics are going on out right. there right we didn't have that back then right yeah. so i think that the training was huge and to think i could never put a guy inside a building that didn't have at least the basic training right and then even when they have the basic training right you're gonna you're gonna hopefully put them up with somebody that has been on the job for a little bit mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, wouldn't, they didn't have that back then. No. It's just, it just no. kind of blows your mind now when you think back. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. But I mean, they don't even send, I mean, at least you go to the military, you go to boot camp. Right. 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 Like so. a bit of the wild, wild west, uh, back then. Kinda, yeah. You know, but uh, you had to get in there, uh, eat a little smoke and get dirty. I mean yeah. that was the way you learned. Yeah. Well, it's not only the way you learned, but if you if you remember correctly, or if you think back, it's kind of how you proved yourself too, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and you had to prove yourself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. When you like when you watch when you watch the, like if you do if you watch backdraft, right? Yeah. There's like the proof. It's like literally the proving grounds. Right. 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 <laughs> you know, like ah, oh, you're doing it all wrong. Right. 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 You know, <laughs> it's kind of yeah. Get in there, take some smoke. Yeah. Well, yeah. It was always be aggressive. Right. Right. Yep. Be aggressive. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you wanted to show that aggressiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, I still say that, but there, you know, there is a whole way. I think my approach is we will be aggressive, but we will be intellectual as we're aggressive. Yeah. yeah. Right. We know too much now to to just go in and be reckless. Yeah, absolutely. And and we have to as a, as a command staff out of fire, we have to we can we still have to think like that, too. Right. Right. Well, that's a good thing with this report. We come a long way from this report. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Miles and miles and miles, miles. leaps and bounds. Well, well it's funny. I, I, as you're reading, I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. We didn't have radios. Oh yeah, yeah. that's right. You know, right. <laughs> Stuff that you take for granted. You I do. I couldn't imagine not having a radio on. Right. It. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, well, you. Why don't I get one? Right. 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 Um, so one of the other recommendations that came out of this was that um, there'd be like you know more or less an emergency appropriation for. Um, um, for SCBAs with the inline pass devices. So those actually, they, they existed at the time. Um, they just obviously weren't, we, we had equipment that worked just fine, right, right, in a sense, and we just hadn't updated it yet. I yeah. don't know if that was, you know, in plans to happen or not. No. But, uh, but it was also something that took, unfortunately, it took a long time to get afterwards. And I yeah. believe that um, Local 1512 had to more or less put up a big fight for those. Yeah. Right. For, for the funding and for everything. Yeah. Um, I, I remember, you know, so even like even s- restructuring the department, mm-hmm. right. On span of controlling. And right. Getting, I mean, like he said, he had two officers, one is in the engine, one's in the ladder. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You know, C5 came about of that, right. A shift commander right. in a car. Right. right? So, um, so we didn't have captains, on the department at the time, we had two lieutenants. We had Lieutenant yep. One and Lieutenant Two. Is that correct? Yep, that's correct. Okay, yep. senior man. Senior man. Okay, yep. and so after this incident, Mike, as you're pointing out, uh, the review board said we need to establish the rank of captain. 
Yeah. You, you had to have a, you know, it wasn't just a senior lieutenant. Mm-hmm. You know, you had, to, you had to be more of a, you know, captain. I mean, the positions were, were there throughout mm-hmm. the country. It's just, right. I mean, when you think about it, we had a chief, a deputy, and six captains, mm-hmm. or eight captains, uh, lieutenants, Lieutenants, yeah. yeah. You know, and then firefighters, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you're like, okay, well, when we get to the fire ground, Let's say let's say the end the engine was out, right? So now you have one lieutenant on the truck, you know, and nobody really as a quarterback calling the plays, mm-hmm. you know, or being too involved if you're if you're light on manning and sure. you're trying to stretch lines or make a hydrant and also you run out of hands quick with eight. So and, and you don't have radios. You don't have radios to communicate. Yeah. You know, and, and so it's you know so that all had to be fixed, right? You know, and. uh yeah, it really, it really, it really paints the picture as pretty chaotic. Yeah. Oh yeah. So with that, with that scenario in mind, that whole thing, no radios, no captains, uh, not as much of a command presence, you know, until like the chief or deputy chief would get there to run the scene. Um, and and you'd said you'd caught a lot of fires. I know some of them in Brockton. I bet some were in Stoughton as well. But oh yeah. I mean, and especially, um, especially in your career, um. But things things seemingly went pretty good up until then. Like you guys, you guys went to fires. You knocked down fires. You handled fires just fine. Yep. Um, yeah. So I mean, it it's just and it it it's like an ode to the generation, right? Who figured out how to do things with less, right? Right. With less, with, with like less capability to communicate. I know we we had radios, but not everybody had portables, right? I mean, but we still had to get the job done um, with less. And so, how? I mean, it's just an interesting take. Well, you, we backed out and let it burn. <laughs> you know, right. That's what it was. Right. You know, our surrounded ground. Right. You know. Right. So you took care of immediate life threats, and then after that, yeah. it was, all right. Yep. Back out. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, he tells me the story. He went up to, uh, he responded up to the great Chelsea fire. Okay. Yeah. You know, oh, and, I didn't even. Oh. Yeah, yeah, and he's like, he, you know, shit, you talk about it, right? He's like, like, what do I, what do I do? And they're like, listen, if the fire gets there, take the axe, cut the line, and go. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm like, wow. Slow. But I was on there. I wasn't on that long, and all of a sudden, everybody said, "Okay, get your gear. We're going to Chelsea." I said, "What the hell is Chelsea? <laughs> what are we gonna do when we get there?" And then we pulled up, and the whole town was burning us city. Jeez. And then uh, we made the hydrant. We pumping and yeah, the I think it was a deputy chief or a chief come up. And he says, "If I tell you, cut that line with the axe and get the hell out of here." And I think Lieutenant Chipman was a pump operator then. Oh yeah, wow. I think I was in charge of the axe. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the axe man. Yeah, the axe man. But where the hell is Chelsea and what are we going there for? Yeah, and, and and it just goes to you know. Listen, you you talk about the way Stoughton runs, and now you all of a sudden responding to Chelsea, mm-hmm. right? And, and so, who the get, hell knows what they're doing? Right? I mean, not shit, to, shit, they didn't have a GPS, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I, I would have been like, oh man, I think we missed Chelsea. We didn't see exit, but um, yeah, no, it's you know, technology certainly helped, but right. you know, the, the way I I think that you know that we ran and and you're right i didn't like i stoughton had a lot of fires and mm. too so it wasn't yeah. just brockton it's just 
I say Brockton because they didn't call us. Well, they were calling us quicker, definitely. Mm -hmm. We were going on all their seconds, I think. And so it was really burning good when we got there. Yeah. But, you know, again, it go back to they did a good job with what they had in Stoughton. And then so they didn't see the need of, or maybe there wasn't that progressive type mentality, like, and support. I go Mm -hmm. back to support the town, which... Ironically enough, like yesterday, I was talking to you, and I'm waiting outside town hall to mm-hmm. go in and get a, and, you know, the town came together, and they were great. Right. And the next chief who came in, Bill Stipp, I swear to God, they gave him an open checkbook, right? right like, right. do whatever you need to do. We mm-hmm. just need to get this, all this stuff done in the report. Right. Um, but that fades, right? It does fade. Yeah. It, it really does. And, yeah. and like, we were, I was sitting in the parking lot of town hall, probably right around the room that that victor had died in like if you mm-hmm. if you went straight up right and it's just a parking lot now right right and i remember my father when he was chief walking around with these studies right like this is this is going to be my my why right i yeah. go back to that right and at that point people weren't really paying attention to it anymore right They're like yeah 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 well, we got other things to put right you know yeah. what's amazing is uh i've spent the last like few weeks really like going up and down uh these studies and um it's amazing to see how things were back then how things are now how some things have changed how some things have stayed the same but this these two reports are literally like these are manuals right that we could all live by right right yeah I mean, it's un, it's unbelievable. I mean, these things came out twenty some odd years ago, and yeah. they're and they're still and they're still relevant right now. Yeah, which which you know, it's like I I was thinking like, let me dust these things off ancient history, and it's not. I mean, it wasn't that long ago, uh, but it's amazing how many things on here are, are still like relevant today. Yeah, I, I don't know. It kind of blows my mind. Um, so one of the things that I wanted to point out. Oh, that you just pointed out, Mike, and that I, and that I and I definitely want to talk about a little bit is how um, things fade, yeah. right? And yeah. and it and it goes, and it kind of goes full circle to what you said earlier about how do you know what you don't know? And you said it in a different context, but it's the same here. Where even as professionals, which was the context that you mentioned, how do you know what you don't know? Well, you went to other departments and you're like, oh, geez, they have this. They have that and that. That's insane. That's awesome. But how does the citizen know what they don't know? They have right. no idea. And they and they don't have the time to sit here and become professionals about this stuff. No. You know what I mean? But nobody wants to get hit in the checkbook. No one wants to get hit in the I wallet. Know. I it know. makes it very difficult. And that's not to get into any of the political ends. No, but there is <laughs> but, but there is that aspect. But it's a huge important. aspect. So, so it's a huge hurdle for me in my position now. Right? And I... I you can't believe, you know, we, I think we talked about this yesterday a little, John, is that we in the fire department like our, our closed off, yep. closed niche mm-hmm. type living, right? Outside of responding to calls, we like to get back to quarters and, and you know, be around your group and, and hang out and, you know, whatever you're doing, right? Like there's, but you know, we don't, even when, I mean, I was with Chief Nardelli and, you know, the minute he walks in, they, they signal over there, you know, chiefs and quarters, yeah, right? Yeah, and, yeah. And, and, <laughs> and if anybody from the outside walks into Stoughton, um, 
you know, it's a signal 13. Right. Yeah. Right. Which took me a few years. I'm like, why? How? Like, what is that all about? Right. Yeah, like, right. I mean, somebody from the outside is in. Right. So everybody kind of scurries. Yeah. Right. Snap like, two. Snap two. Like, even if you're doing, even if you're, whatever you're doing, like, even if you're taking a class, like, you're, oh, yeah. somebody's in, in, in the house. Right. Dust so, yourself off a little bit. Right. Like, right. Right. But, like, we, yeah. and I don't think that. So when I go over to town hall or if I go over and I'm trying to explain, so we're, I'm trying like this new fiscal year, next upcoming, I, I put into add three positions. Mm-hmm. Right. And it took me three hours to explain. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's nobody's fault. No. Like it's not the people's fault that I'm speaking to. So it took me three hours to explain and make them understand why, you know, they wanted me to hire one person. Or can you use it like a part-time? And I'm like, okay, let me back up and show you our schedule. Mm-hmm. Like I had to pull our software out and say, this is our. So if you're not going to give me three, I don't, then don't give me any. Right. right. Like that was the bold statement because you got to see how it, three is going to impact. Right. The every day. Right. I can't hire one person part-time and look for busy hours. We, we don't make widgets. Right. Like no. we don't. Yeah. It's not, it's not a factory, right? Like incidents come in at all different times. I ran reports of, uh, you know, there was one year, I think it was 2020, our busiest days throughout the year were Mondays. Yeah. Right. And then 21, our busiest days were Fridays. Yeah. Right. No like rhyme like there's reason. no rhyme of reason. Yeah. So I can't, so like even explaining our job and I think that we do a much better job now, but we don't, you know, I don't think people have the time. No, they, they, they just think that why you know what we don't get many fires right like last night they they had a fire down on stoughton street right Mm -hmm. um now this is what i forget who told me this in an old time i said this but like unless it's burnt to the ground and there's flames rolling everywhere or whatever it's not even covered but they made it they made a nice stop yes last night yeah right and it was a matter of circumstances somebody came home they saw they smelt smoke it was burning in the wall right I mean, we had a good response time. Thank God everybody was in quarters at the time. And the ambulance were out mm-hmm. and made a quick stop. They got there in good time. They made a quick stop. Yep. No one's going to know about that, right? Oh. I got to admit, I I got the uh, the box seven on my phone, Chief, and I, I started in, and then I heard it was a small electrical fire or what they thought was a small electrical fire, and I turned around. Well, don't feel bad. I stopped at station two on the way there <laughs> when I heard that. <laughs> you know? But then I heard... Uh, so for everybody else listening in, um, this is a family affair because uh, Lieutenant Tim Carroll uh, was actually the lieutenant who made entry into the house last night and ripped apart the wall and, and stopped the fire in a, in a pretty fast manner. I, I was listening on the scanner after that. And then, you know, once I heard more or less that they snuffed it out, I turned it off and continued on with the uh, the book that I was that I was into. <laughs> but um but yeah, continue on. I just had to interrupt you. No, but it, no, but that's the so you know that's the thing that doesn't get spoken about. Right. It's not on the news. So town hall doesn't know doesn't know that you had a fire yesterday. Yeah, we had a fire yesterday. Right. And, and how many times do these happen? Right? Like yeah. we, you know, we've had quite a few. But unless it's a raging fire right. and people are displaced in yeah. some sort of like nobody knows about it. But it says something about our department, right? Right. Um, we we i'm very proud of our department i'm very proud of all the members on that department i think that we do a good job can we do better yeah we can always do better mm-hmm. and that's you know in, in 
we can do better on apparatus placement. We can do better on, you know, communications. We can do better, like everybody, right? Like, yep. I'm not ever going to be, you know, uh, mediocrity is not ever going to be uh, a, a word that I want to go with our department. Like, we're going to always be striving to get better, be better, and, and, and where are we going as a, as a fire service? But those are the things that you, you try to talk about over a town hall. Right. And it's just... Well, I didn't see it on the news. Well, uh, you know, how bad is it? Yeah. You know, uh, uh, no names mentioned, but somebody, well, there's somebody who was high up in our town, came mm-hmm. to station two. At that time, we got a call for Easton had a had a fire. We right. were going, working fire. And they're like, oh, this is amazing. What are they doing? So I'm trying to explain to them. They were in my office. I'm trying to explain to them how. Everything backfills. It, it all works, right? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, but I don't understand. So Easton, the town of Easton does not have a fire department. Right. And I'm like, okay, let me back up. Like this is, and it's it's pop my fault, right? Mm-hmm. Like I've learned in this position um, that I cannot talk lingo. No. You can't talk lingo. Like no. you really, it's, I don't. But what a, what a teachable moment. Yeah. What a way to gain, to like get someone on your side it's, it to was, educate them. Oh. I mean, the whole idea of like citizens academies and, and ride-alongs with right. with people that are making financial decisions on the fire department right are huge. I know the PFFM does something huge. Mm-hmm. I, I know that you know the area like the uh, FCAM and whatnot. They they try to get these these whether it's state officials or town officials in you know and, and throw them in their gear and get them moving inside a building inside. Um, even a ride along. Sometimes I wonder. I always say this in certain meetings. Like, do you understand the demographics of Stoughton? I, I don't think everybody looks at Stoughton as um, either. They look at it how it was back in the fifties, and they want it to be like that, or they, you know, they're looking at other towns that they'd like to be. But the stuff that you guys are really dealing with now, day to day, right? It's you know, it's uh, there's a. There's a triangle there, Brockton, mm-hmm. Randolph, Stoughton, mm-hmm. right? I just think it's scaled versions of each other. Yeah. And, and so I don't think the demographics change that much, and I don't think the types of calls we go on yeah. change that much. And I don't know whether the people making the financial decisions in town are making, are understanding the Stoughton that we see. Right. Right. So right. that that has to be, and so Go back to the original. Yeah, boots that on the ground, to- right, is a term that we kind of we kind of yeah. use a lot when we talk about, uh, you know, oftentimes it's in, um, we talked about this with Chief Nardelli too, it's how um, some of these, some of these things that we've known forever because we see it day right. in and day out, that we don't need, we don't need the labs and the scientists to tell us that this thing works because we watched it work. Right. We want to know why it works. Right, right, right. Right. We want to know why it works. But if but if we're knocking down fire and, and kicking ass in a certain way, um, so they call it transitional attack. And this is specifically what oh, we're talking yeah, about, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh transitional attack. Uh Chief. So in your day, right, <laughs> there had to have been an instance, right, where transitional attack uh you guys were doing it. You just didn't have a name for it. You probably just called it firefighting, Which, right? That's exactly what we did. Yeah. So go in and knock it down. Just yeah. knock. Now there had to have been instances where, like, so, you mopped it up, up a little bit from the outside, right? And so, then yeah, and hit then, it from the yard. So, yep. Right. Yeah. So and then go in and clean up. If it's, it's different terminology now, that it's called transitional attacks. Like they just yep. put a new name on it. Nardelli, Chief Nardelli, and I yeah. talk about that. You know, I remember my first transitional attacks was. was 
transitional attack that I was part of was actually a blitz attack yeah. in Brockton, right? And transitional blitz, yeah. right? Like, but you guys called it hit it from the yard, right? See, I, I didn't. I've no, I've heard the term, but I didn't realize that that's that that was like your right. error term. Yeah, it really was. I hit mean, that's kind of yeah. how. And because not only that, they probably did it more less for the science and more for the Manning, right? Sure. Oh yeah, we were dumb. What six or seven guys were going? Yeah. One time, yeah. 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 So, I mean, they figured it out without all the science behind it. <laughs> right. Like, listen, right. we got to knock this down quick. Right. Right. And uh, the big part of the transitional attack, I think, was tough because Leon and I went and did a class. I. It was finally then that Leon broke and understood that, oh, maybe this does work. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> and, and it's about, it was more about getting over the obstacle of pushing fire. Yeah. Right. Like, are we pushing fire? Are we spreading it? Are we, you know, we are we making things worse for people inside? Right. And, and you don't put, obviously, you coordinate this, right? And that's the other thing. Talk about communications and not having portables. Yeah. How do Imagine you, if you don't have a portable. Yeah. How do and you you're communicate like, that at all? Yeah. How do you communicate that? You know, yeah. and uh, it's, but it was happening. Mm -hmm. It just, was there science behind yeah. it? Probably not. It worked one time, right? right. So we're going to do it again. Right. <laughs> again, the roadmap, I mean, it's, it's really, it's so easy to see when it's just laid out in front of you here about, you know, resources available in this time and where we are now with resources now and how things work. The differences, mm -hmm. I mean, it's pretty incredible. Um I don't remember where you were going before we sidetracked. Oh, I was just talking about like me trying to like now in the position I'm in, trying to communicate this so that we can yeah, have the resources correct. and right. stuff. Right. It's really hard. Right. It's really hard because, you know, you go back to backdraft and I'll bring it up to uh, my wife gets pissed at me because she'll watch the new <laughs> new TV. Like, I don't even know what they're called. Chicago Fire yeah, right, and all right. this stuff. I'm like. You know, I'll be sitting there watching, and she gets pissed at me. I'm like, that's bullshit. You can't see. I'm like, you know, that's bullshit. You can't see inside. They're like, flames while walking around, and, and they're just sitting there talking. Like, she's like, it's a show. I'm like, okay, but just frustrating. Like, I yeah. feel like you could have better yeah. consultants on set. Yeah. I tell you, like, no, this isn't going to work. <laughs> I think uh, realistic isn't necessarily good. No, it's not good for yeah. film and TV. I but. think I think, I think, think Nick could uh, Nick could put it on that, right? Oh, yeah, Nick Nick knows how to produce some good TVs and good shows. Yeah, it, does, it, does, it really doesn't matter who the uh, person is. I've dealt with vets; they're always upset with the uh, war movies and everything else. Yeah, sure, yeah. and it, apparently with firemen too, yeah. it's it's well, just never it, correct. Yeah. You know, listen, we we appreciate it, it does get that out there. Yeah, but it's also uh, you know, yeah, it's like bad bad TV medicine. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you see people doing doctors, you know, everything. Yeah, yeah. it's like. Okay, this isn't how it really works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and whatever, I know what what it is, but I guess because my, I think all of us, we, we feel like we need to defend the fire service. Right. Right? We need to defend our 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 reason for being there and doing mm -hmm. what we do and, and, and getting those resources, right? Right. So I always feel like we're up against it. Right. Right? So when I see things like that, I'm like, oh, is the person on the FinCon watching this right now and saying, well, they look like, yeah. you know, shit. one of the one of the shows is more like romance is going on inside the firehouse than, <laughs> right. you know, yeah. and, and I'm just like, yeah, well, first no of all, kidding. nobody looks like that at the station. <laughs> <laughs> no. no. You know, so, no. I mean, uh, 
Um, but I think at one time we wanted a closed society in there mm-hmm. because we we didn't want anybody from the outside coming in. Right. This was our group. This yeah. was our home. These were our families. Right. You know. Yeah. So we didn't members want, only. Yeah. Members only. Yeah. yeah. It was like a it was like a fraternity. <laughs> right. Right? right. It was a fraternity, right. and right. and you know less people outside. The you know, better we are. Yeah. And uh, but I think that for us to breach that and build that bridge to the people who are actually making the fiscal decisions, mm-hmm. um, we have to bring them in and we have to get our words out there and, yep. and Community they need outreach. To, yeah. And yep. they need to understand. So, you know, we talk fire a lot, but the truth is that, you know, the, the, there's a lot of medicals, there's a lot of motor vehicles, there's mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, entrapments, tech rescue type stuff, mm-hmm. machines that, you know, that's when you're really up close and personal with somebody. That's mm-hmm. those kind of affect you too. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't think that. They, I mean, we still. And I love it. I mean, there. Yeah. My goal is to try to take the keep the tradition and be progressive at the same time. Right. Right. A right. traditional culture of fire fighters, fire service, but also be really out there with the progression mm-hmm. and the technology. And, and whatever is new and co- coming, I'm, I'm looking at and I want, if it's going to make your job easier on the street, mm-hmm. how can we get there? Right. 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 But. And if it's going to, and if it's going to help us win, win the town, right? Right. If it's right. going to, if it's, if it's going to gain us support and so that they can see that we need these things to, mm-hmm. to service them. It's, um, we had a really good example of, of, um, of our community backing us. Mm-hmm. While we back them, uh, again, it was in the Marchetti episode where we, we talked about, you know, um, the guy who um, kind of put together Detect Together. He was just, he was a really unique guy in a sense where he saw a need in the community for, um, you know, for firefighters, seeing as how we're up against, you know, like a almost 10% increase in the likelihood of getting cancer. And so he put a team together and backed us. Yeah. And to like win over a guy like that, it took somebody to take some hours of their life to put together a 60 minute special on, you know, whatever, 60 minutes or something like that. And mm-hmm. he saw it and he was like, I'm going to help, you know what I mean? And so, and so these things like the, this community outreach, putting the message out there, educating people, all that stuff. It's huge. Yeah. I think that, um, I, so to that point, I think there are a lot of great people out there. Oh, outside no the question. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. at town meeting the other night, I had somebody come up to me really <laughs> concerned about a building in town mm-hmm. and they were more concerned about us and our safety, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, asked me to, uh, and I'm like, yeah, we are on it and, and we have our fire prevention now and we're dealing with this mm-hmm. and trying to stop some of the craziness you talk about building. It's still mm-hmm. going on. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. it's still going on. No permits or just, I mean, it's a death trap. Mm-hmm. Right. So, but to have a citizen from a town meeting rep member come up and, and point it out, and I mean, they deeply care. Yeah, I, I don't doubt people in general care. General care about they care about us, right? right? And want to make sure that we. Um, I think there's certainly some others that are like, oh, that's a that's an easy gig, and you get there, you get a pension, you get your insurance. Like, I think not, that's far and few between. I do too. I, I think do. it's. I think you have the people <clears throat> that care. You have those people on the other side that are far and few between, mm-hmm. and then you have the people that are that don't really pay any mind to it. They're right, kind of right, indifferent, right? right? Where they're like, yeah. "Oh well, oh yeah, we have a fire department. How do you yeah. like them? Oh, they're great." Yep. That's it. No, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. 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 
and, and especially the project we're working on and getting a new station and mm-hmm. trying to like build out our infrastructure. Um, you have a lot of people that really you learn that they don't understand the department, how right. we run. Right. Res- yeah. You can say response times. You even mm-hmm. have, they even have these consultants come in and tell about response times. And um, my first meeting, I'm like, okay, yeah, that's all great. The response time, but what's your running route? Right. And like, what do you mean? I'm like our running route. So if you put us there, we are cutting through, Two schools in a playground. Yeah, we don't right? go that way. Like yeah. that is going to be, you know, you don't want us responding. I don't want to be responding through that. Right, right. right. So they're like, oh, we never even thought of that. And, yeah. and so, I, you know, and then you have people from the outside mm-hmm. that feel like they want to tell you where it needs to be or right, what right. we own in town property that should be way out. I mean, yeah. If we own town property right next to Central Street, they'd put it yeah. there. What got, what? So <laughs> yeah. what? What people fail to realize, and I think what you're saying here is that um, the the intimate knowledge of the town, and I, I forget how many miles of roads there are in Stoughton. Is it something like ninety miles? Yeah, it's it's quite a bit. Yeah. It's like ninety miles of roads, and we've traversed every single one of them. We have a very intimate knowledge of the way the town's laid out and right. how to get yep. places. Right. Um, I'm no Donnie Chipman or Justin Goldberg when it comes to the map, but, um, you know, we have our running routes in there, you know, and they're listed and very simple for us to, to follow along with. And, you know, um, but yeah, I mean, the, the, the intimate knowledge that you have, I don't think that the average citizen or, or even someone on the board for that matter understands that. No, I don't think they do. And it's, it's my job now to explain it and it's mm. the futures to, to explain it and be able to, to bring them, make them aware of it, because it's not just, you know, it's an intimate knowledge and it's an intimate knowledge of, of what's going on. So a perfect example is the other day, well, it's early Thursday. Well, what's that mean? I go, that means you're going to have a ton of kids crossing the street at, in front of McDonald's, mm-hmm. right? We've been doing it since I was in school, right? right. So early Thursday, you got to be a little bit more aware, right? right? Or, you know, there's, there's certain things that happen at Halloran Park or certain things that go on and it's not like a special event. It happens like every Saturday, you know, yeah, right. the, the playground is, is packed. Right. So understanding that and knowing that because they wanted to put a station like right in that name, na- like right in that neighborhood. I'm like, it's not going to work for yeah, us. I, I do not want little kids near piece of apparatus as we're pulling out and no. in, in, in heading out. So, no, it's, you know, it's, it, it's that stuff. Right. Right. And yeah. You're right. I mean, listen, I'm still learning some of these streets, yeah. you know, it's, the, it's, <laughs> but it is, it's the little things that, that you don't, they don't even, how do you know what you don't know? They right. don't even know that they don't know well, about the intimate knowledge <laughs> of the, it, even just the basic streets. Well, that's yeah. why I say it's, it was, so I would say chief Stipp who came from Streamwood, mm-hmm. Illinois, right. Yeah. Had no working knowledge of the town. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was lucky enough. He had an open checkbook. Right. Like oh, whatever yeah. that he, he, Andy had a playbook. Right. Right. So take that. So when that came out and the MMA report came right. out a little bit after that. So you're going to be the chief. Here's your playbook. And whatever you need on that, we're going to write you a check for. Right. That's a great way to go into a position. I don't right. care. I mean, and he didn't have much experience. He wasn't from this area. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the intimate knowledge of how we run whatever right. might have affected him a little. Right. But by the time you got there, you had to make cuts. So he yep. came in after. So um, Chief, uh, well, so Roach was a chief for like two weeks, and then he had a cardiac event in deputy, 
ended up being acting chief and became chief. But then I remember, I remember day one, you were like trying to get the project and they want me to cut 5% right away. Yeah, like, right. you know, so we had two deputies back then after right. a step and they had him cut one because it wasn't yet filled. Cause he went up into, he, so he went from ch deputy to chief. Dave Jordan to, was the other deputy. Had to cut his own position. So he had to cut the position <laughs> yeah. behind him yep. because yeah. it was, it wasn't filled at that time. Right. In the right. town, like, I don't care what you have to do, you got to cut. Right. Right. So the easy one is the spot that's not filled. Mm -hmm. So that's how quick, like, it money mattered. Around. Right. They forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. The report. Yeah, yeah they did. Yeah. So... An interesting, um, interesting on this report, it says, uh, this report should be revisited at the end of the first six-month period and annually thereafter. And so <laughs> I, I read this report five years ago. I'm reading it today. I feel like it's a report that I should probably read, you know, every year for the rest of my life, along with the rest of the department. Um, and honestly, um, I don't think we could get, you know, people of the town and the town meeting members to, to read it every, every month. But, uh, it's interesting. Um, so from that report from, so this report sparked the MMA report, the MMA report was, um, you know, heavily, uh, heavily vouched for or, or wanted from the department, uh, local, the local, um, union, local 1512, right. They, uh, they pushed for it, and they had an 89% participation rate from the from the body um, mm -hmm. for everybody. That included interviews um, and and anything else that they were asked of uh, for the study. So, out of this study came a, a a few like real fascinating things. Uh, but one of the things was it reinforced every single thing that came out with with the original study um, that was put together by you know. All the local mm -hmm. chiefs, union representation um, members from, I believe, PFFM, which, and, and they dug deeper and the, and they and they did more. But it's just another, it's just another way that I like to see that like these guys are all boots on the ground. They mm -hmm. all need, they all knew what needed to be done. They right. put it in the study. I feel like they they more or less made the job very easy for the MMA guys to come in. And 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 really do a deep dive, and that's just and that's just me highlighting guys like us, boots on the ground, mm -hmm. knowing what needs to be done. So what came out of that study, uh, and I'm sh I, there must I mean there could have been more recommendations or other loose loose recommendations, but what I have here is uh, a recommendation of almost 50, 50 things. A lot of them centered around finding a chief, um, like you said when we got Chief Stippen. Um, a guy that could come in and inspire and reorganize and get things back together uh, and get things and, and, and bring us into a modern firefighting world. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and so some of the things that I, I wanted to, that I highlighted, cause a lot of them to, to really talk about, they're really like, they're not, they're not, they're really like nitty gritty departmental things, policies, things like that, things that I, I felt like we didn't really need to get into. But I highlighted a few things, um, 10 or 11 things. Um, the first one that I that I highlighted, um, it was um, to establish a series of departmental committees, right? So we had, we have a ton of union committees and, uh, and we have um, a bunch of, and, and we have a few department committees. Um, 
well, what were some of the things that that you saw to like kind of got put together after that? Like as far as like committees like went, so, like what was? So, yeah, so I don't. Yeah, it's hard for me. I don't know. Do you remember any specific committees? No. Yeah. So I I think that to me the focus. So I was like mm-hmm. at that point the union ran the department. Right. It really did. Yeah. And and, and when I when I when I said pushing committees, for themselves, yeah, right. the union was pushing for a better so, department. Yeah, right. Right. I mean, really, they were. Yeah. I mean. Local fifteen twelve was mm-hmm. Stoughton Fire, right. right? Right. So, um, a lot of the committees, and I remember doing the, the march through the center right. and trying to get funding for that MMA and making right. sure and getting this stuff done. But, you know, um, I I know what did come out is that we were making like um, that training captain mm-hmm. and then getting the training and what is the right training. I don't know whether the chief step was around long enough to implement a lot of committees right what mm-hmm. i think you do see now uh, are your stipend positions from mm-hmm. that aren't even contractual right, right? like so right. we're always trying to make things better mm-hmm. um but that's what was popping into my head as yeah. far as that because um more or less we have like we have our stipend positions mm-hmm. that are essentially um <laughs> committees of four guys uh that all kind of get together and handle um one specific section or right. one specific job and they kind of take care of that. And so right. that's obviously good. It's a, um, it's a paid position and it's, and it's another thing that, um, it, it gets, it gets kicked down the chain and mm-hmm. it's, it also it's, it's a, it's a task that you're able to delegate to sure. members of the department. Sure. So one more thing for someone to take responsibility for. Well, I think that's handle. important for, so first for all reasons, right? Like you make, you know, you, you enable, mm-hmm. You know, the boots on the ground, yeah. right? I think I even said it. I'm like, how do you guys want, you know, this, how do you guys want to run? Right. right? Like, I, I'm not going to sit there and go, this is the way I want to end a story. Right. Unless it had to get there. Right? Yeah, right, But right. it usually doesn't start, right? right? Like I think we're we, all of the same. Yeah, I think we all part. have the same mentality. But, yeah. you know, the training captain, safety captain. Right. Like, came out of that. And that was really, if you call a committee, that was huge. Yeah. That right? was the next thing on the list was... um talking about how the how the fire department should be reorganized right mm-hmm. and as far as reorganized went i think basically the rank of captain yeah. um and probably the running order right Yo, now, yeah. now we have an organized running order which right. before it was like senior guy gets the position he wants and then everybody falls in line behind <laughs> yeah you kind of right? yeah and if you're not <laughs> yeah. quick enough the senior guy grabs that call around 10 11 at night so he's not up the next time <laughs> yeah. he's not, not up next actually i don't figure that one out yeah. funny. um so, and, and here's one, the town policy leaders need to recognize the need to make a decision concerning the staffing needs of the fire department with construction of the new fire station. So right. that's on the town. Oh yeah. It's one thing that, you know, we can har- hardly, there's really not much to talk about. I mean, they, they have to understand that you need boots on the ground to run the department and proper staffing is going to be, you know, we get safety in numbers and, um, I don't know. That's something that we're all, that is, that is probably the number one fight for every department right now. I, staffing. I, yeah, no, absolutely. And you know, with that comes fire stations, mm-hmm. right? I mean, yep. how long, yeah, they put up central street, right? Mm-hmm. But they squeeze that, shrunk it and fit it into a yeah. piece of property that the town owned, right? They could have done a much better job. 2007 McGuire study came out. 
They could have had two fire stations, one in North Stoughton and a five ba- a three base station up right. there for a uh, five base station on Park Street. Right. For eleven million dollars all in on both stations. Right. right? And and now they're they're beating us up on one station. Yeah. Twenty years later. Double right? the price. Yeah. I would like to point out though that um we did have a recent um upgrade manning, right? We went from nine to eleven. So right. we, how how long how many years were we running as nine? Oh god, it's like sixty seven. some odd yeah, years. Yeah. Oh yeah, almost sixty years, right? Sixty. Yeah. So that was a huge step for us getting getting. So it was 11 a huge step, and credit to the union, uh, credit to the. Um, well, we had so if you remember, I don't know whether you were on. So we had to prove, mm. and listen, nobody likes to talk about it. It 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 sucks that this is the world, right? But you do have to show some sort of financial, either. Um, gain mm-hmm. or how can you make that work yeah right, right. how can and you fit so it into the budget the 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 union and i and i forget that like the i forget who the chief i well, chief laracy was there but we did a special study on mm-hmm. our emphasis report right mm-hmm. on mutual aid ambulances and we showed how many mutual aid ambulances i think one year we had 700 and well, coming into town coming into town right, to yeah. make up that because when we were at nine we really only can run one ambulance right right so what is that second ambulance going to do for us? Right. So when you take that, what's it going to cost us to hire the get get to eleven man minimum, and then what are you going to bring in? And that's how we did it. Like right. we show yeah. like this ambulance here will capture like all this money, right. revenue, ambulance receipts, and stuff like that. Oh, okay, yes. You right. know what I mean? Next right. thing you know, it's in the contract. So right. whatever, by hook or by crook, let's get the eleven man. Yeah, right. minimum. Yeah. You know. So huge for us. We got that now. Yeah. Huge difference from 95. I mean, just having that two-man minimum and then being staff, staff sometimes upwards of 13 members, right. you know, with a yeah, dedicated ladder. Good. I mean, it's it's really an unbelievable difference, and it, it definitely aids in the um, quality of the fire service that the community receives, and it helps with the safety. Oh, hey, listen, the, if there wasn't a need for it, we've been hard to prove, right? Right. There's an absolute need, no and that's question. why I went for the three more because I showed – what a third ambulance on reserve could do. Right. And they're like, oh, and I, and I showed them the numbers just right. on an average ambulance receipt. And, right, uh, right. and so, oh, okay. But mm-hmm. whatever, by hook or by crook, I want it 15. Yeah, right. You know? Well, like we're on our way. We're on our way. <laughs> um, next one here that I highlighted was, uh, so under the direction of the EMS supervisor, establish an EMS quality assurance program. So I don't know what the EMS supervisor was back then. Was it a lieutenant or was it just a... Just the highest EMT so ranked, or they had. Um, so when I first got in, they were um, it's like an EMS. Um, what do they call it? Coordinator, coordinator, yeah, EMS okay. coordinator, right? Yeah. So they had a uh, couple guys. You know, there mm-hmm. wasn't no real rhyme or reason to right. it. But as we went into the ALS, mm-hmm. providing ALS, yeah. we realized we have to get more in right. tune with that. I think uh, right. Paul Luizzi was our first lieutenant. Um, VMS, and in that position, what about Lieutenant O'Donnell? No, he wasn't. No, this was like an assigned day staff position. Okay, and you actually were the first one to make him. I don't know whether you recall that. Sometimes (laughs) I got to remind him, right? Um, But uh, and and you owe me twenty bucks. (laughs) Um, Anyways, the uh, the and then that was a position on day staff, right? Yeah, and uh, that had been in. For a long time, as a lieutenant, and then I saw a need, especially when Tim was mm-hmm. EMS lieutenant for so long, 
Like that has to be more of a deputy right. type position, yeah. right? So de- deputy brackets now EMS, um, and not only EMS, but you know he he took over that role. Mm-hmm. I just feel like that position. I mean, it's sixty something percent of our our call volume, right? Yeah. So you have sixty percent. You have one person up there as a lieutenant, junior lieutenant, typically, right? To 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 handle that, right? That needs to de- be a deputy. There should probably be somebody else in. EMS, but having those four EMS coordinators on your group, right? Preceptors, like it started to build out from there. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Major difference. We go from having coordinators and now we have a deputy chief to mm-hmm. for quality assurance. And again, just goes to highlight the service that we're providing for the yeah. town. Yeah. It's pretty unbelievable. Um, so develop response standards. I think that, you know, I, I think out the door as fast as you can go. And, and, you know, responding appropriately with the, with what you have is, has always been the goal. Right. And I think that that's definitely something, um, I think some of this stuff, one of the things I did kind of want to talk about too, is some of the stuff like developing response standards, right? I mean, and uh, both of you guys as chiefs know that sometimes there's some things that you just have to have down on paper and you have to have them almost as like a check the box mm-hmm. scenario. Where it's like, yes, we don't. This is this is in fact how we do it, right. and you have to have it on paper. Yeah, right. No, I agree, and, and that's that's some of the that is part of the advancement, right, of your fire department. Where in '95, like you said, what do we need safety training records for? We've been doing this for a hundred years without them. Right, right, yeah. right. And then just the world that we're living in today, you have to have these things down on paper. So a lot of the stuff you're talking about, aside, well, no, we're training, but response mm-hmm. um apparatus right mm-hmm. the one of the biggest things i don't even know whether we brought it up yet it was accountability oh yeah fire ground accountability right. right so if you could imagine in 95 we were you didn't know what truck you were going on right call the call or you had at least knew the next call but you're not sure the right and now we had okay there's your crew for the day mm-hmm. for your 24 and then from that Okay, now you got to start having some sort of accountability system. The tag system is what we came up with. As a matter of fact, probably dating myself. I don't know whether I've even said that before, but that was like we had departments from other towns coming in and go, what is this tag system you're using? Yeah, right. Right? Like area towns. Like, what do you do? So we got Velcro tags. We put them up. Now it's the standard. Right. And and now it's getting progressed into some technology where you can actually – you have it all up on on your monitor in the right, back of a, a right. command vehicle, but which I'd love to get to because this is how long we've been with the Velcro system, right? right but right. Uh, <laughs> but it works, right? It, it like works, we had yeah. to have accountability because we didn't have any accountability. Like who's where? I go back to and you you hear me talk about this around the station crew integrity. Yep. Right. Like, listen. Let's all roll in um, and understand what. Listen, we can always we'll always have that room for to make an audible on the fire ground right like if i don't if i'm going to use the ladder company in a different you know position or in a different area or, or different task but really rolling in it's nice to know if you're the jump seat guy you know you're you're on the line right going in right so it, it's there right there is like the crew integrity starts right i always liked as a as an officer on the truck is to have conversations over the david clocks like you know, listen, that's a big building in town, guys. We have this, this, and this. This is just 
within the the piece of apparatus, yep. right? But it's what are you bringing in? What are you bringing in? Yep. We're not all showing up with a freaking flat-headed axe. Yeah, right. Right? Like, we all have a different tool or at least tools that work with each other. Yeah. And, and um, that's why I like the whole idea of, like, responding in together rather than having different people show up from everywhere. Right, right. I mean, even even what really messed me up when I was first, I'm like, listen, this staff vehicles in, in on, on a Tuesday and everybody's coming from everywhere, I'm like, right away— I think Tim was still lieutenant. I was like, Tim, right away, you're to the ladder. Right. You're the officer on the ladder. Don't even, you don't even have to go to command. You're going right to the ladder. Right. Okay. You're going to be the officer on the ladder, wherever they are. If they're on the roof, Mm -hmm. right. If they're opening up, if you know, you're going to meet up with the ladder, you're going to be that officer, you know, guys, leave your apparatus back or, you know, buddy, you're going to be captain O'Neill. You're going to be safety. Right. Right. Um, and then, the AC is right beside me in command, right? Like he's basically running the board, mm-hmm. right? So we have these positions that you know what you're doing when you get there. Right. Now, again, it can all change. Yeah. But um, to me, accountability is really what rose from that. Yeah. You know? And that was one of the huge ones. And I, I don't know. I don't I don't want to say that I skipped over it. It was just uh, the conversations kind of took us away from it. Oh, and they always do. Yeah, no, that was it. And uh, But no, accountability was one of the huge things, was implementing a better accountability system. Or a accountability system. Yeah, Yeah. or a accountability system. But, you know, and with that comes, like what we talked about before, was communication and how, Mm -hmm. you know, just how far we've come uh, with that. Um, And then so ensure that incident command system is fully utilized. I think everything that we've talked about, you know, up to this point, as far as communications, accountability, and everything, and then just people understanding the uh, the system, right? Yeah. It's just, yeah. you know yeah. what I mean? I mean, we've gone from, it, then what the study found essentially was that we weren't utilizing the, the system right. at all. And right. so, and so now, and so now we're on the other side of this <clears> and we've, uh, now we're on the other side of this and, and, and we fully understand how to use the system and guide. Yeah, I think that, um, right. And I think that's always going to be because you have to have that system fit your department, right? Mm-hmm. So as big as you can build it out, the ICS system, right? You, first, you have to make it custom to your department. And, and one thing I've tried to do is when I come in, I, I don't, you know, I get a quick briefing or I'm always trying to listen on the radio, a lot of times I don't even call in that I'm responding. Like I've already, yeah, dispatch has already called me. I'm not going to take up airtime. Yeah, right. Like communications on the fire ground, you don't need another person saying I'm on responding. Right, and they have somebody like, you know, respond back to that. Mm-hmm. Like there's critical. There's in, enough going on. Yeah, there's critical airtime that needs to be used on the fire ground. So I'll roll in. I'll do a quick brief with the with the incident commander there. But then, what I've been trying to do is put them in right into as operations. Right. And I think that's where we need to go is now, and I still feel like because we use the IC system on everything, mm-hmm. right? I think my goal is to, okay, go through operations on that, right? You you know, because we're always like interior command, or, yeah. but now we have operations in place and it's just a learning curve. It's going to be very simple, but, you know, um, but we have to start, we have to use that start, that structure it's there for a reason it works we're very good at it on everything mm-hmm. which just i'm not going to put another piece in there called operations and we've been doing it for about a year and a half two years now i mean when they got bigger we usually did but i want to get it early just like medicals like right you know lieutenant you know you tell the lieutenant what you want the lieutenant responds back like even a simple medical right. mba whatever 
But if we get used to using it on every call, yeah, it's just going to be when we need it. Right. You know? Yeah. And that's the whole idea with training. Yeah. So there's, I have a few more of these on here and I, and I got to say there's, we could talk about each one of these like in depth as, and it's, and it's an easy thing to do. And as I sit here and look at them, what I realize is that they're all things that since I've been hired, I kind of take, I kind of take for granted because they're just the, the way that we do things. So I just want to take a quick minute. I want to just point these out. Uh, these are things that we do on the department and that wasn't even probably what well, I'll read them anyhow. So evaluate health and safety standards, right? That's, that's all I've heard about since I've been on the department. That's something that we don't even have to, I don't even have to wonder if, you know, if that's part of, of our daily life. That's, but years ago it wasn't. Um, so this, this got put in here as well for one of the recommendations, budget phased in procurement process for new, always active in line SCBA pass devices. It, that's nothing that I've ever had to worry about. Purchase individual SCBA face masks for all personnel. The fact that people used to share masks, right? right? I mean, it's just, again, something that I just take for granted coming on the department. It's like, oh, this is what we get. We get all this new, nice, shiny stuff, right? Um, (laughs) Develop a target pre-planning program. The first week that I was on the department, I drove around with Captain Rush with the other guys, and we, we went to all the target hazards, and we looked at everything and explained everything to us in town. And now, obviously, you know, that's something that I take for granted. It's like, yeah. This is a part of how a fire department works, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what else we got. Review, revise, and expand existing general orders and operational guidelines. I've been getting SOPs and <laughs> sorry. SOGs. I'm sorry. Nope, not even just from you, <laughs> Chief. Since I got in, we've been signing off on them. Yep. We've been reviewing them, things like that. Um, you know, coming out of coming out of academy, it's like we, we learn that we're in a pair of military organization and these are the things that we expect to come down the pipe and we see them all the time um it's like this is how it's the manual of how you do your job right right it's it's um, one of those things again uh we just kind of take for granted coming into the job um let's see this is uh establish and evaluate program to determine the immediate training needs of its members that is a that's like a fluid thing for us that's something that we're doing all the time uh, training every every instance that we have we've got a ton of buildings in town we've been able to get lately to go work on um, buddy's doing a great job with yeah, that yeah and captain o'neill's really i mean listen i i don't think i'm exposing where i say like training is in my like it's vital to me and when captain o'neill came in as training mm-hmm. um, we have conversations a lot you you even know like i try to get even down to training mm-hmm. I, I just love training <clears throat> i love you know, I love teaching, you know, if, if I'm teaching, but I like being part of, I like seeing the training aspect of it. I, I think there was a, a, it's still probably around, but there was a whole thing where, oh, training, right? Yeah, like, right. But what I learned, and you you need to understand, I probably, I don't know what I did for you, but maybe for the, like when a young guy comes on, and you become, you're in a place where you're complacent or you're just like, whatever. Like, you spark a new energy into the department. Right. We have a lot. I did our numbers. We have 30 people with under 10 years experience. Yeah. And we have 22 of them under five years experience. It's so, funny you bring that up because I'm going to bring that up again in a minute. Okay. But what's important, there's yeah. a couple of trainings that I did on shift. Mm-hmm. Right. And 
you got the couple of the guys that have been on 20 years plus going rolling their eyes. Yeah. Oh, you know, I yeah, think I see a dark cloud and this guy's going to yeah. rain, right? Should we go up? But yeah. then <laughs> when you get out there, you have these young, yeah. energetic, wanting to learn, right? Mm -hmm. And it, it, it energizes you to say, like, they're like, do we have to break right now? I'm like, not if you don't want to. Like, <laughs> like, let's stay, right? Right. So I'm like, let's go. Like, you feed you feed the fire, right? right. Like, you, like you, you keep, like, and it, it gives you this, like, it just kind of re-sparked a lot of stuff mm -hmm. in me that I had when I first came on. Right. So I see that in this department now. Like, we, so Captain O'Neill has been doing, like, he's been aggressive on getting buildings, mm -hmm. right? And we've had, we have, like, what, four buildings right now. Right. Another one coming up that we, we're doing all types of training. You go in there, it, I love seeing it. I mean, listen, the building's coming down anyways. We do half the job for the demo company. Yeah, right. Right? right. So, <laughs> but, but, the, but you're learning there, right? Right. And, and I always say there's not, listen, there's not as many fires. I, I'm, I not. You know, talk about experience. We've lost a lot of experience through retirement, but it's nobody's fault. We're not getting a lot of fires. So how are you going to learn? You got to learn through training. Right. You got to learn through real training, right? Like we can sit in a classroom and talk Hands about it all day long. Hands on. How are you using tools? Yep. Right. How are you using, you know, what are you looking for? Look at the construction in this building. Mm -hmm. This is what's going to get you in a, in a shitty situation. Right. Right. But, um, you know, it's just Captain O'Neill has been great at it. And, uh, you know, our goal is to tr keep, keep building it, keep building it, keep building it. Right. Um, and next on the list was should develop a comprehensive training plan for the members of the department. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's been huge. And then, uh, lastly, uh, and, and this happened was that, um, their recommendation was that you attend. Um, you know, the Massachusetts Fire Academy sure. to get all your credentials before you get to the job. Sure. And that's happened. So everything that everything that I just mentioned, all those last ones and some of the ones that we talked about, and that's just 11 out of a list of almost 50. I think those were probably the most um, crucial for us to talk about. All those things I came on the job and that was, uh, that, like I said, I kind of just took for granted, oh, this is just how this department is. And that in itself highlights kind of how, how, you know, the difference between what was going on at the time of the incident and where we are now mm -hmm. and and how we got there you know that's that's a story that we could talk about forever yeah but um it's funny because you you mentioned uh how how you had the breakdown of the uh department yep. um as far as would you say it was like 30 guys yeah it's like 29 years. guys with less than 10 years yeah I mean. <laughs> so wow. that yeah, wow those numbers are like almost there it's astonishing because at the time of the incident the numbers were like almost almost the same really uh from from zero to 10 years 10 to 20 and 20 to 30 um i might have broke it down a little bit different than you with the knowledge that i had but um it was essentially like right now it's like 47 percent um i'm sorry in 95 40 47 percent of the of the department was new uh i had it at 25 members if it's 30 then it's more we're at 42%. So the amount of new guys was almost the same, right? The the middle ground was 20 to 25% from 10 to 20 years uh, in both in both scenarios of from 95 to, to 2022. Uh, and then the and then the 20 plus years, the number was small, right? So it yeah. was like in 95 there was 17 and now we have 19, right. which that number is going to shrink by a lot within the next few years because sure. we have some retirements coming up. Um 
And <clears throat> one of the things that I wanted to point out in the study and not, <clears throat> not, not to highlight anything that was going on in the department, but because to get both of your opinions, um, as, as, as chiefs of departments and people who have, who have gone through a long career, one of the responses from the, uh, when asked about what they like least about the department, um, it was more than 20 years. Everybody from zero to retirement age at the time said that there was like a lack, you know, there's a lack of leadership. Um, and, and, um, like there wasn't a lot like safety issues weren't being addressed and there was a low morale. Right. And everybody agreed to that across the board. But what I found interesting was that from the 20 plus years guys, right. It was seeming lack of respect, lack of discipline, <laughs> lack of maturity from some members. Right. Sure. And so, and you hear a statement like that and you could apply it. And I'm, I'm not saying that that's what Stoughton's like today. My, my point is, is that the, the guys that have 20 plus years on, right. You're coming in and you could be these new guys, dads, Right. And it's like <laughs> lack of respect, lack of maturity, lack of, you know, uh, yeah. everything from the department. And so one of the things that we that we always talk about in this show, and that's why I found this so fascinating, is one of the things that we always talk about is like, how do we it seems like there's this new problem in the fire service, right? There's this generational gap and how do we bridge it? And then I come across this information and I'm like, this isn't a new problem no. from generation to generation to generation. um, this problem, it, it's persistent and it's always going to be because it's always going to be hard to find common ground with people that you didn't grow up and have shared experiences sure. with outside the firehouse. Um, and so, uh, Chief, what I'd like to ask you is at the time, um, at the time in that department, um, I mean, w was there was there a sense of like, these new guys, like these new guys, they, they think they know everything or, you know, or I mean, was it was there was there a was there a like a gap, so to speak, you know, there was a gap. But I, I thought that because we hung around sociably. Yeah. With everybody that we were still a little kids. Yeah. Right. Thing. And uh, when we got together, we were still, you know, you're still the children. But right. You had that going on i think that you must have found the same thing what when i got on yeah and yeah. so and so you're coming from the, the stark opposite angle right because right, you're right. the young guy getting on and, right and chief at the time you know you weren't you weren't a young gun no no but <laughs> no when he come on no <laughs> <laughs> but we tried to get together and uh, bridge that gap yeah we could yeah you know, it, sometimes it was hard to. But it's always there, right? Like it's going to be there. It's going to yeah. be there. So right. I, you know, it, it always is going to be something, right? Yeah. So I don't, I think we talked a little bit about this before, but actually the Academy did a pretty good class years ago about generation mm -hmm. yeah. and, and dealing with. But one thing I realized uh, is that <sighs> two things. One is the generation... Before, typically, the generation in front of you raises the next generation. Right. Right? So, you know, if there's a gap, maybe it is somebody who's, you know, really senior guy mm -hmm. and, you know, his kids are older than the people coming on. Maybe there's some misunderstanding there. I don't really buy into the whole generational thing anymore. Mm -hmm. I have seen some really 
good people on that are just coming in mm -hmm. and I've seen some really poor, I don't know, work ethics and other on people who have been in there 20 years. Mm -hmm. Right. So it comes down to individuality. Uh, it's, you know, I, I hate the blanket thing because I, it's, it really makes me start to wonder, you know, there's some really young people that are really like, you can trust them, you can mm -hmm. give them a job and they'll get it done. And right, there's others right. that, that, you know, they're 20 something years and they're just, right. don't, I think there's this, this excuse, not excuse. How do I want to say it? There, there's this, it's, it's almost become a culture, right? Right. Like once you get 20 years. Yeah. Like we gave it supposed, a character. You're yeah. supposed to bitch about the new guys coming on. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like, if you're not bitching about the new guys coming <laughs> right, on, right. then, you know, yeah. what's wrong with you? Yeah. It's almost right. like a rite of passage or something. Right. Right. Like, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. But there is, there like is that aspect created, of it. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Uh, Jordan Peterson, I don't know whether you listen oh, yeah, to him at all. Yeah. So I, sometimes I listen to him. And, and Nick's a big fan of Jordan Peterson. So, so he, um, he points out this, this, this thing where, and he took it, I think when he was up in Canada and he had guys that worked on the pipelines up there mm -hmm. or they went out and did some hard work, but it was really about, and I, uh, you know, my summers I did like roofing, I worked, mm -hmm. you know, construction and whatever. And then when you come in and you're like the probie and you get your balls busted, mm -hmm. it's, he pointed out really well, it's not ball busting. What it is, is these guys... It, this was more on the on a job site mm -hmm. rather than, but I, I put this to the fire ground. Um, these guys are seeing in the firehouse, are you going to crack? If we give you a hard time or if we mm -hmm. hit you with, like they used to dump water on us, spray us with a hose. They yeah. tried to catch me and, and I was way ahead of them on that because I already knew. <laughs> yeah, right, I, right. I had some insight. But, yeah, yeah. but, but what they're doing there is, are you going to break down and cry? Right. If we do this, are you going to... Uh, but because if I can't, if you're going to break down here, you're going to break down yeah. on the third floor in a, in a three-decker. Right. You know what I mean? You Like, I need to know that I can trust you. And what a safer place to do it is, yeah, go. We used to have to go around and get everybody's coffee order and mm -hmm. go down to Honeydew and yeah. then go to J&I Variety right. and pick up whatever they wanted and come back. That's what the junior guy did. You just did it right. every morning right at the end of truck, truck checks. Mm -hmm. You went, you took an order. And even if they didn't want something, like you still had to go around, right? right. So, um, but they, but everything is they're doing is they're building their trust in you, mm -hmm. right? And and also seeing can we rely on you? Yeah, and it's a simple and it's a real simple way of doing it. It is, and yeah. it probably again with the fire service happened yeah. organically, yeah. just like, like transitional attacks, right? Like right, we right, didn't right. know why we were doing it. Yeah, we didn't get into the psychology about it, yeah. but we did understand that. If I can rely on this kid to do this, right, this kid's going to do, like, I can trust him mm -hmm. when re things really go to shit. Right. And, you know, and I don't think there's a generation that doesn't have people that can do it. And I don't think there's a generation that yeah. there's people that don't do it or, or don't want to do it. There's always people. I'm not doing mm -hmm. that anymore. I'm yeah. not doing that. You know, uh, yeah. there also there was also a group. We didn't really have any big military mm -hmm. war like things when. You know, or even when I was in high school or college, right? right? So, yeah, um, that didn't really come back until I was in high school, right? Well, so, well, a little bit prior to high school, but yeah. So it was interesting. There's, a, there's, I don't know. This I'm kind of going off topic, but it's interesting because you had military guys who mm -hmm. were coming out of Vietnam, right? And that's all they knew was that chain of command, and they right. knew if you don't follow this order, bad things happen, right? Right. right. And you had a group of people that never went into the military, mm -hmm. 
And what was more interesting, and this is a quick little story, is I had a, a lieutenant, you know, tell me, son, when I tell you to jump, you you just ask me how high. You don't question me, right? right. And I'm like, what? I, but if you tell me to jump here, I'm going to go, why? Mm-hmm. If you tell me to jump at a fire ground, yeah, I'll do whatever, you, you know? Right. And he's like, because I told you, right? Like, that's the way it works in the, in the military. He was never in the military. Right, right. It was like... Like he didn't even build <laughs> yeah. credibility with that, yeah, right? Yeah. So it's like yeah. I think a lot of senior guys with twenty something years they feel the need to have to do or to have to like complain about the ones coming up. But I think we have to mentor. Yeah. Like when you walk in there, especially like a lot of those guys were like uncles to me, right? Yeah, right. But if you're walking in as a new guy, mm-hmm. right? I could just imagine. Let's just take. um Let's just take uh, Joe Gerolamo, for mm-hmm. instance, right? Kind of knew me. I coached him for a long time. But aside from that, didn't really know anybody. Not like, you're coming in law, there, yeah. you don't know one. Right. You don't even know what the fire service truly is, right? right. And and you don't know the culture, right? So, you know, what am I going to do, right? And we prove us, and he's going to prove himself every little task he does. Right. And I think that you have to look at it more individually. You can't yeah. put a wide thing on it. Oh, genera- this generation sucks. This generation's great. This generation. No, you just got to say, okay, who, you know, who's this individual and how can we help them get to where we want them? And I don't think we did a good job with that a lot of times. I know we could talk about training. One thing about, I, I know we're bad at is officer training. Mm. And you'll see like there, we just put a new thing out for a new platform for like they're called master classes on fires, but we bought that program. And I said, we need officer training. Cause really you take a test on a Saturday, you top it, you're the Lieutenant. Okay. You just went from right in the back seat. Now you're in the front seat. Right. Okay. You took fire officer one. Great. Right. Right. But you know, as far as that, that like that's all the credentials you need. Mm-hmm be a lieutenant now that's all well and good if you're running medicals all day yeah. hey but what a great thing to have like so many things squared away that now we can concentrate on well i agree i agree that other stuff had to get out of the way and yeah. some stuff listen some stuff just gets put on the back burner for one yeah. reason or another yeah you know yeah. so um one thing uh second to last picture nick in the in the slide we'll bring up um so bringing this kind of full circle to um yeah, bringing us full circle to, um, you know. Oh, he's got the old pass device on. Yeah, yeah, he does. You know <laughs> what? I, I wish I even, I wish I recognized that. Um, Portable's and, probably strapped to his back. Right. Bringing us full circle, we have, you know, the impacts of these line of duty deaths on the department, short and long term. And I think we did a good job of kind of showing you of like, you know, where we were and what we did and how we got to where, where we are now. And one of the things I wanted to point out, and uh, I've talked about Fred Little before on the show. Fred Little um, was our was a recent line of duty death for us, and he was cancer. And obviously, if you guys are listening along, you guys know that we you know we had to tech together in here, and it's you know one of those things where trying to advocate for everybody um, and um, and 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 making guys be an advocate for themselves. Um, this guy, Freddie. Uh, he served the department for you know 32 years uh, plus and uh, retired and he unfortunately didn't get to well he, he was disability retired right uh, or oh no he was he, uh, 111 F yeah he was went out yeah yep. but anyhow um, I just want to point out that 
the after effects of Freddie, um, we we were all taking PFAS and everything serious. Like we, you know, ever since I came on, it was like a big thing. And um, but then but then Freddie came down with cancer, and so uh, and it just and it just it just shows how we've come so far, right? And then it was like boom. Now we have this new this new threat, this new thing that we have to adapt to, right? With these cancer rates and things like that. And, uh, we've since Freddie, we've, we've since changed, uh, policies and how we run, uh, with our gear and things like that. And that's kind of, a, that's an active thing right now. Us trying to iron out and figure out everything and how we're going to run with it. But, um, it's just, it's just kind of a, another, it's just another way that, 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 this is ever changing and the impacts that, that these line of duty deaths have. And, um, I think this was a big wake up call for everybody with Freddie was that, you know, just like you said, like when, after Victor died, like this is real. Yeah. This yeah. is real. Yeah. And, uh, and we're all doing this stuff day in and day out with this gear. And, uh, this was a big slap in the face. Um, you know, a big wake up call for everybody about Freddie. And I, and I wanted to bring it full circle and, 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 and mention Freddie because, you know, that was only, within the last year for us that, that Freddie passed away. And that was, you know, that was a tough, that was a tough bid for the department. Yeah. I think, uh, I think with Fred, um, well, do you want to speak on anything? Fred was on your group for a long time. So no, but I know, but you picked up the ball. I think a lot Fred. Well, Fred, Fred, I don't know whether you talked about it on the show. Fred was a, a quiet guy. Yeah. Very quiet. Way. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Fred liked what to do what Fred did. Right. Right. Like he just liked his, he liked his boxing. He liked, you know, westerns and basketball. Westerns, basketball, yeah. old shows. He liked, you know, and he he lived alone. And, um, you know, it, it goes and it goes full circles to show family, right? right? Like when I got the call, like you got to come down to Fred's house, right? And I got a call from Captain Newberry. He's like, he he'll only talk to you, right? Now I don't know why. I know Fred and I had a great relationship, but right. I'm like, all right. Guys you're my kid. That's why I want to talk to you. What's that? You're my kid. Yeah. Yeah. You want to talk to me <laughs> about you. Had more you. to do with that. Chief. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, exactly. if you're anything like your old man. Um, <laughs> anyways, you know, it, and you, you build relationships, right? Mm -hmm. Like when I saw him, I was like, Fred, like we got to do something for you. Yeah. And I can tell you every member on that department yep. would, even if it was like, he wouldn't accept a lot, right? Like firefighters are the worst of accepting help, mm -hmm. right? Like they never, like when they, even when they need to go to the hospital, they say no. If they need help, they'll try to do it themselves, whatever way they can. But Fred couldn't even open the the top of his like cranberry juice, right? right. So I'm like, listen, you call. I was going to give him my cell phone. He wouldn't take a cell phone. So I'm like, yeah. Fred, call dispatch and you get us there, right? So when I saw him, I'm like, wow, like yeah. this guy left. So I worked. I went back and looked at it. I worked an overtime shift, so I worked my last, his last night. And Fred always took August off. Right, he'd save all his time. Take Month August, of Fred, and he never came back. Right, right, and he was out on one eleven. He, you know, he probably Fred probably knew something was wrong, mm -hmm. and went to a doctor at you know somewhere in August and found out you know he had cancer. And then he was quiet, and then he come around once in a while. But but to see, I mean that. That's a massive man. Oh, yeah. Right? And to see what cancer did to him. Yeah. And know that, all right, this is another result. Not as acute, traumatic as Victor. Right. 
right? Which, you know, I'll leave it up to you. Uh, to me, sometimes you'd rather acute, oh man, and whatever. Then yeah. the 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 pain in in the the torture that this yeah. man was going through, and right. he wouldn't say a word about it. So right. the department stepped up. I right. mean, huge. And you know, even beyond that, right? Captain Newberry's wife who worked at a hospice in yeah. Milton. We all pulled together. Yeah, and, and yeah. she got him in there. Like it was just. Yeah. This is this is where we actually, you know really came together and made impact in your generation. Then you talk about generations, your generation stepped just as much as my generation did. Right. Right. Like there wasn't no, everybody anybody just kind of, you know, so yeah. it's that I was with Fred. I went to visit Fred on Easter Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, he passed. Like it still gets me bothered because he passed like right in front of me. And I'm like, yeah, you know, he waited for you. Yeah, he w- well, I don't know if he waited for me. I think uh, he waited for that. He was watching a Western. Episode. Yeah, he's waiting for the end of the movie. <laughs> but I was like, oh, he's gone, right? Yeah. Like, and I didn't want to rush down because I didn't want, I knew it was hospice, but in the back yeah. of my head, I'm like, are they going to come down and start, you know? Yeah. I wanted him to go. He yeah. wanted to go. I know yeah, it, it does. So, but it, it says something about what this job does, right? Like, we will not change. Like, this is, I, this is one of the, this is the greatest job I can think of for myself, my personality. This is the greatest job in the world. So, you know, but we still know this job is like no matter what we put in for safety mm-hmm. and for, you know, somehow because we are, would you say all hazard? All hazard, yeah. All hazard, right? Something's going to catch right. up to us one right. or another. Right. And, you, and let me just go back for one second about like you talk about PFAS. Like this is where we have to do a better job. I'm not, I think the PFFM, I think the international, I think the fire chiefs, I think the, you know, even DFS, they do a good job of trying to get out there. But the other day at a finance committee meeting, they were, they have PFAS, high PFAS in in one of the, you know, reservoirs in town, like one of the pumping stations, right? And the pill from Harrison's Pond, right? And they, FinCom asked, you know, well, where's it from? And he was giving, the water department was giving a couple examples. He's like, you know, firefighters, firefighting foam, this, that, and everything else. And, and a couple of questions came out. Well, are the fire, is the fire department still using PFAS? Right, right. Are we still using PFAS? Yeah, yeah do they still produce PFAS? I'm like, wow, you really need to, like, we were duped just as much as the rest of the world was, right? right like, right. we didn't know 3M and DuPont were putting the stuff in. Right. You know, I, I think, and listen, I'm no scientist, but I, I think that, you know, you heat up in your gear, it's in your gear, right? You're in a fire, you're battling or multiple, multiple calls, but you, there's PFAS in your gear yeah. and it's getting absorbed through you, right? Yeah. So it's a bioaccumulation. You're right, of the right. Years so and it's, years it's and building years. up, it's building up. And, and yeah. so we don't even know, we didn't even know. Right. And, and you know, what can we do to, we, we put every precaution and that's why, yeah. you know, people talk about the new station and stuff. Like I am like that decon area. Right. And having extractors in there right. and getting that, uh, we bought that SEBA, um, I don't know what's it called, a Roscoe, whatever, yeah, but it, it, it washes it. all the SEBAs, yeah. your masks, mm-hmm. it'll do helmets, right? Like, we got it. This is my yeah. push. Like, right. listen, it's, yeah, would we like to have a new station? That'd be wonderful. Right. But really, we need this stuff. And so, and so this is, this just shows you short, long-term impacts, what this is putting at the forefront of your mind and as you sit here and talk about it you say it's your push and i want to get to i want to get to the book that you recommended oh, yeah, yeah. i, I yeah. want to get to the book that you recommended because 
uh, it's funny because I I didn't I I I didn't read this book. It's the first audio book I ever listened to because I got the recommendation yesterday, and I yes. said, I, and I'm like, I'm gonna I'm I need to read it. I got to have it for today for the show. I got to squeeze this thing in. And it's funny because now it's like throughout the conversation, throughout the conversations I've had with you, now I can see like this. Now I can see the theme. And uh, when you recommended this book to me yesterday, I didn't really understand. And then I listened to the book, mm-hmm. which is a funny thing to say that I listened to the book. Oh yeah. <laughs> but anyhow, I. Uh, but yeah, and so it's and it's find your why by Simon Sinek. Sinek, yeah. And uh, so now I understand when you said to me, "This is my why." Right. Victor is my why. Mm-hmm. Freddie is my why. And um, you know, that's a good feeling as a firefighter. Well, to know to know that the chief's why is um you know it's for the guys yeah and uh you know so that that that's really i don't know that, that that's fascinating it's incredible to me well, i you know my whole you know when you were asking me i was rattling my brain and i and i know that you know there's definitely i mean i just got a new like it's not that i don't read the fire mm-hmm. books that are out there um i try to i try to listen to them right like audible is great especially yeah. this you know, and I'm sorry for pushing on your side. It's no. like there's a thousand things. Like I'm afraid to look at my emails right now. I'm yeah, sure right. all chiefs hate this freaking thing. <laughs> right. But, you know, it it really resonated with me because there's well, tactic strategies and all that. But when I read that and I was like, okay, we got the what's, we got the how's, mm-hmm. right? And we're always developing that, right? But your why right. is, is your motivator, right? Mm-hmm. And... You know, I say it in different ways. I'm like, listen, we've never lost anybody on a medical, mm-hmm. right? We're really good at that. But we have lost a guy at a fire. Right. And now we've lost somebody due to cancer. Right. Like, so what, you know, why? Right. Why? And, and can we figure out? And then my that why is also my motivator. I don't ever, ever. Why am I doing this? Because I don't ever want to live. I don't want to put this department through this. You know, the, the, there's a funny, I was just talking to my father because we, and he actually just texted me too, it's funny. But, you know, one thing about Victor, right, and, and Keith I got close to too, he still calls me Freddie's son. But, you know, you talk about family, I, I was doing a detail over at Gillette, mm-hmm. right? And who do I run in but Chris, Chris and uh, Lisa Melindy. Right. Right, like, and it's like, yeah, it was, and I understand, like, there's, my father lost one of his his best friend in Vietnam, right? Which was tight, but you know his platoon lost their guy. But this is losing Victor. Like I still see his kids, right? Like Carol still shows up at things, right? Yeah, she like, actually just popped in a couple of weeks ago to deliver us breakfast. As yeah, and, and it's amazing. It's like okay, um, Victor still shows up, right? Mm-hmm. And we like it was important for me to push this message and and get. Or at least not forget, because this can happen anywhere. It happened in right. Stoughton, right? Like, it can happen anywhere. Right. And I feel bad for these departments that are running on shoestrings, right? Like, right. something right. bad. It's just a matter of circumstances just like that. Right. And then, you really want to fuck up your department? Have something bad like that happen. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because you probably lose half your guys, right? They'll, they'll just, I can't do it anymore. Yeah. They'll try to stay on board. Right. And then... Okay, so Victor is my why. Like, why am I why am I focusing on apparatus placement right now? Right. Like, why am I focusing on you know crew integrity, accountability, you know because because of that. That's right. my why. Right. right. And, and so it's not 
a firefighting book is, but right. but it does come to the question like why are we doing what we do? Why right. am I doing what? Why am I pushing so hard for certain things to happen? Right. They're tough. They're long. And they're they're prolonged. But I got to tell you, this department has been nothing but. I told them, it was said long to go to me, but listen, sixty five guys can fuck me way harder than I can do anything to them. Right. Yeah, so right, like, right. like <laughs> I need you guys. Yeah, right. No. So <laughs> I need the department. We need to all be on board together. And so. You know, it's a uh, um, it going back to the book. The why is is what I needed to figure out, and, and it was really right in front of me. Yeah, yeah. You know, Mom. so for those, I probably rambled. For those, <laughs> no, it's all right, man. It's a, this is one of those books that um, I never would have. I, I never ever ever would have. If I saw that laying at a bookstore, and I would have walked right by it and would have picked it up. Uh, thanks for the recommendation. Um, we're gonna put that up on our bookshelf and. Um, I having it been recommended to me and then actually read it. I'm going to tell you right now, if you're looking to figure out, like you said, why you are doing what you are doing, this book will give you a clear map to, to find that. Um, I did the audio version of it. It was pretty quick for me, but, um, I highly recommend it at this point. It's actually, I'm going to order the, the, a copy of it so that I can have it because the the book does actually have like a useful map in it and, and some for some things that you. Can it's track, a so. simple concept, but yeah. you know they, they go back to you know comparing companies. I think they were yeah. kind of, you know, you know one company to another, yeah. and the companies that are successful and you talk about leadership, right? Yeah, there's a lot of better companies out there than you know than Apple, right? Yeah, but they always focus on their hows and their what's, right? And when you go back and you and, and I think. As much as the outside wants to look at the fire service as a, as a company or, yeah. you know, you know, we really have to figure out our whys. Right. And every department is going to have a different why probably, right. right? And every all leadership will have a different why. But once you start to understand and, and put that why in there, right, it really lays the map out itself. Yeah. And it lays yeah. the map out for everybody else to follow and Absolutely. get on board, get the buy-in, create that cohesive unit, mm-hmm. accomplish the mission. Right, right. So. Well, gentlemen, we're coming up on some major time here. Oh, sorry. No, oh. lot. No, don't be sorry. Lot of this is time well spent. This is, um, like I said in the beginning, something near and dear to me. This is a good day for Stoughton. Um, you know, one of the things that we talk about is is passing down our history so that you know we know where we came from and we know where we're going. Right, right. And we have this roadmap in front of us. So this was incredible, uh, Chief Carroll. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day. Chief Carroll, thank <laughs> thank you for, again, coming up here and uh, imparting some wisdom and, um, you know, bringing us the story of, you know, Victor and, you know, the progression of the Stoughton Fire Department. I will tell you that I'm a proud member of Stoughton Fire Department. And, you know, as I said before, I always took some things for granted after going through these studies and reading and really kind of, investing some time in this it's like it's really easy to see you know where we came from and the people that made everything happen so thank sure. you very much i want to thank you guys i just uh you know i started watching job talks actually the first one full one i watched was lynch not deli because i really i want to just give him a hard time but yeah. <laughs> um i i think what you guys are doing here is, is absolutely great for the job yeah um you're young guys it's great to see again i go back to it sparks me mm-hmm. and uh having a forum where you, you do just sit around and, and, and kind of talk 
it's not really anything but it's anything that's high pressure or a lot of stuff that's out there but it's actually you know the the whole idea of it i love to see it coming back i love what you guys are doing i just wish you guys nothing but the best of luck and uh in that seminar i think that was great too i yeah. think you had a lot of we're looking forward to putting another one of those yeah on, no so. it was great keep um, up the good work appreciate yeah. you chief thanks very much guys uh thanks again for tuning in make sure that if you haven't already share subscribe like you know put us up there on social media we need your help to you know to keep this message going keep promoting um you know culture and tactics guys so all right with that job talks out <laughs> all right, thanks john thanks Thank. that, that was, was good that was great